Good morning, evening, and afternoon, no matter when you're listening or where you're listening. It's the Real Talk Podcast with myself, Cam Walsh, 27, Tyler, at Tyler C. Whitmore, and of course, George Carmi, Movies and Sub-14. We wish Seth were here right now. He is having a nice, lovely day with his mother and fiance, so I hope they're having a fantastic time together. Um, But today we have a packed episode, Uh, a whole lot of movie reviews we didn't miss last week, but we backfilled last week with a Harry Potter episode. So go check that out if you're a big Harry Potter fan, because I think it went really well. And I also dressed as Voldemort. So you guys better go watch that fucking episode for that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but today we got Napoleon review, which I believe Tyler is the only one that saw. I know Seth saw it. Um, we can give his thoughts just based on his letterbox. So we get a couple more uh, inputs on that one we've got we got saltburn godzilla minus one may december wish um and then i'm sure there's i i watched uh best christmas ever technically a new movie it's the worst movie ever um but we have those releases uh we got tons of trailers this week it was a massive trailer week some minor movie news we'll talk about because why not um and then and then uh we'll end it with kind of flipping this week so our patreon recommendation this week was a top uh acting performances um we're just gonna have a general discussion around our top three top five whatever we want to make it it doesn't have to be anything um intense so that will be like our patreon recommendation and then our thursday uh video will be a game that i've created i think with this new software tyler's got us on Um, We'll be able to make it a little bit more fun with the screen sharing and everything. Um, So hopefully that works out. We'll see. And then um, real quick review this week is Her, um, directed by Spike Johns. I believe I pronounced that right. Jones. 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 I honestly have never heard it said out loud. Is it Jones? I I always thought it was Jones. uh, It was in my, like early on in my TikTok career, it was in my top 100 movies. And I think I said Johns. Um, and I got a comment like pronouncing it like this, you dumb motherfucker, you should kill yourself or whatever, or whatever TikTok comment said, you know, um, but I can't remember how I pronounced it actually, but I was wrong. Um, so yeah, that's a fantastic movie. I think most people should check it out and then watch that real quick review. Um, but to start us off, George, how have you been? How are you doing? How's everything going? I'm good. Everything's going good. Week was busy. Uh, I was a bit MIA from work the previous week, so a whole lot of catch-up to do this week, and then just a whole lot of, and I'm sure you guys can relate, just a whole lot of year-end prep, because I know a lot of people yeah. that uh, work with me and work for me are going to be taking off a couple weeks towards the end of the year, so a lot to get done before you know we're, we're a little short-staffed going into the new year, a lot of new year planning, so it's just been hectic last couple of days and weeks of work um other than that kind of chill um i've been back home on long island for a bit just no need to be in the city in the freezing cold it's a it's a fucking nightmare um but i'm going back today uh, and then movies obviously you know big part of our lives watched uh i will go through what we watched when we talk about that but yeah watch the watch the chunk oh yeah Awesome. Uh, how's Victoria doing? She's good. She's good. Yeah. She uh she started a new job actually not too long ago, so oh, she's what? been uh yeah, so she's been kind of uh very busy, working very hard um with her new job. Um you know, obviously trying to make a good impression uh initially. Um and then same thing with her going into the new year, just hectic time of the year I feel like for anyone anywhere. Yeah. 
Yep, that's good. Good to hear. Tyler, how are you? Been solid. Been a busy week, especially yesterday. was a super busy day. I posted like seven TikToks over on the sports I saw account. That. I saw that. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I watched every prediction you made. You well, saw yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Well, actually, yeah, I think right. the only one I got wrong was uh, like majorly wrong was I thought I thought Oregon was going to win. I but thought anyways, Oregon was going to win. Too. Oh, is that um, the only one you got wrong? I thought. But then, uh, but then of course, like like basically the equivalent is yesterday was like oscars day for sports like for the college football world in terms of so much craziness happened but it's like as if the oscar nominees were dropped and then like three hours later they changed and then like three hours later the award winner was going to be announced so it was just like a hectic day of predictions and then reactions and then takeaways and then today at noon eastern there's like the or sunday at noon eastern because this is upload on a monday the rankings get released so it's just been a hectic day for yeah sports world to try to get all that content out for the college football account so been super busy but super excited to see what happens anyone who watches college football knows that today or yesterday for those listening is going to be like the craziest college football playoff announcement ever and someone's going to be rioting in the streets regardless one fan base will be rioting in the streets regardless of what happens someone's going to be snubbed um so it should be exciting but yeah that's been yesterday it was like i was just in my office from 6 a.m to midnight just straight working all day um We'll probably be the same thing today, if I'm being honest. But uh, before you yeah, move on to what else you've been doing, give give us your four. So this prediction is happening on Sunday at eight eighteen a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Give give us your four. <laughs> All Wonder right, my four. prediction, my prediction of what I think it'll be is yeah, one Michigan, yeah. two Washington, three Texas, four Alabama. What I think it should really? be, what I think it should be, is one. Uh, Michigan, two Washington, three Florida State, four Texas. But I, yeah. I, I think Florida I State should riot. I think right. I think while we're when this was released, you listen to this. Florida State University is rioting to the ground. The I really are burning. don't know. I really students don't know are going crazy. I don't know how they. Get That's what I'm saying. Out, I think. But... I think there's gonna. Be, it's a Florida University. There's gonna be right. crocodiles in the streets. It's gonna be a crazy mm-hmm. riot. When does I, this I, get I, released? Noon well, Eastern. Oh, today. I'm thinking it. Uh... I'm thinking it's Michigan, Washington, Texas, Florida State. That's my prediction. I think Alabama is going to be rioting. So basically, Which Texas, I- Texas, Alabama, and Florida State are three teams that can only fit into two spots, and all three teams think it's like crazy for anyone to think that they wouldn't be included. So like one of those universities, at, while you're listening to this, is going to have a lot of frats hammered, throwing – fits florida state's undefeated and would 100 percent be in but they've lost two quarterbacks now um mm-hmm. i don't know if their second string quarterback will be back he had a concussion last night didn't he or did uh he? yeah so he'll be back yeah. in like a month okay like so he'll be back for that that's fine but like i feel like i don't know if you can make the call just be like i don't know they gotta they don't have their starting quarterback are they really that good because they haven't beat I, I guess they beat top 15 team last night i don't know George, it's like know. if Novak ran all the way through a tournament and was number one the entire time and won every single matchup, but then he like tweaked his ankle before the final, they'd be like, you know, actually you can't play in the final. <laughs> I know you won every game and you were yeah. number one the whole time, but you probably wouldn't be number one since you tweaked that ankle. So we're just going to, you're just out. You can't yeah, go. That That's basically what's Florida probably going to happen. That's what might yeah. happen with Florida State. Wow. Just because they got an injury and so now everyone's like, well, I, we know you earned it, but like. Sorry. Yeah. So it should be crazy. It should be fun. Continue other than that, on. the week's been pretty uh pretty standard week. Um yeah. Other than Riley that, doing um, well. Yep, working a lot. Good. Um she's a nurse, of course. She works at night, so we try and uh, hang out and see each other when we can because we don't really like eat much meals together, which ended up benefiting me because I guess we didn't talk for two weeks. <clears throat> Last week we went to Texas for Thanksgiving. 
flew to, but we went two days early to go to Austin. So people are familiar with like Texas geography. Austin's like three hours south of Dallas and Dallas is where her family is. So we flew into Austin to tour some wedding venues as well as just like drive around neighborhoods because we're going to buy a house there. So we just want to kind of get the vibe because it's kind of hard from just Zillow and Google alone to kind of get the vibe of what like a neighborhood would look like for what you want to buy or what the vibe of a town is. So we were going to do that. She got food poisoning like the day we left. So like as we were driving to the airport, she started being like, oh man, like I'm not feeling that good, but she always gets car sick and the airport's like 45 minutes away. So like, I just thought it was like, it's pretty normal for her to, and our parking garage at our airport like spirals up and you have to go a ton of spirals up to get to the parking garage. So she's usually always like, I'm not feeling that good. So I didn't really think much of it. We get on the flight and she's like, I'm not doing good. And I'm like, this, this could be interesting. Uh, she was in the bathroom like the entire flight. She was throwing up an insane amount. It was not good. Like it's probably the worst flight I could ever imagine. Awful. We got to the airport. We couldn't even leave the airport in Austin because she like couldn't be away from a bathroom for more than like 10 minutes. Um, our rental car, we had to get to a rental car and drive 20 minutes to an airport. We had to pull over like three times during that drive on the side of the highway, mm-hmm. like <laughs> sketchy and just like, keep, like it was just awful. Mm-hmm. She was going through it. Then we basically just spent two whole days in the pitch black hotel room. Um, I, I was, I was fine. I was just watching movies cause food poisoning. So I wasn't sick or anything. So I was just like on my iPad watching movies, didn't see the sunlight for a day, but hmm. we didn't, we didn't do a single wedding venue tour. Didn't see a single neighborhood. It was just like a deleted trip to Austin. We just flew in there to sit in a hotel and then drove up uh, to Dallas, which it was fun in Dallas. Good time. Um, her family is like half Texas Longhorn alum, half yeah. Oklahoma alum. So when we were there, they were they both played, playing their right? their they were both playing their final games of the season. So Texas won easily, and then everyone was watching the BYU game, hoping that they were going to beat Oklahoma State. So then Oklahoma would go in. Um, but yeah, her family is like big college football people. They're from Texas. If you're in America, you kind of know Texas is like the football capital. Like yeah. everyone takes it very seriously down there. Um, that they, they take it way more seriously than I do for sure, and that's saying something because I take it insanely seriously. But they are scary about it. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Now I'm back here. Uh, good trip to Texas. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to not travel for a couple months. Um, but then once February starts, I'm traveling like all the time during the week, at least for work for like a couple months. But traveling is just something that's so fun, but so overrated at the same yeah. time. Like I just, it, it just gives me so much stress to know like, oh, in two weeks from now, you're going on like a five day trip. So and then it's like in the back of your mind the whole time, you're like, oh, I got to do all this to prep and stuff. And then you get back from it and you have this huge suitcase and you're like, man, I don't want to do laundry. I don't want to mm-hmm. unpack this shit. Traveling is just such an asshole, but it's worth it. Yeah, I. How was your week, Cameron? I'm with you. Oh, it's good. Um, I'm. I'm Produce, going to Dallas. Yeah. Rough. I, yeah, I guess I'm. I'm not losing the mind. My mind. Purdue lost again to Northwestern on the road. We. Ty, Tyler texted me before the game and like, how are they not favored by more and all that? And it's just, it's just because Purdue. We we're just like that. Uh, we get number one and then we lose this immediately on the road. Happens already calling being called the biggest frauds of college basketball <laughs> it's already happening it's fine we'll be all right um, well to your benefit like every top five team lost yeah, this week though was, so uh, college basketball is full of frauds this year yeah 11 of the top 25 teams lost um we get a chance to we get a chance to play arizona on the 16th uh, who will be number one at that time so um, we get a chance to play the number one team again. And I honestly, I have a good feeling about that. So Tyler, this is what sucks about it. So Indianapolis, um, I, I wanted to go to that game and I still might, who knows it's in Indianapolis. It's at, uh, like the Pacers where the Pacers play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's on Saturday at four 30. 
the Colts game just got announced as Saturday at four thirty, like the exact same time. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be at a New York out there. I <laughs> I hate the city already, and Indianapolis is not really a, a popping city by any means. Don't you it's, love becoming adults and getting older? The fact that we're like the traffic's just gonna kill me. Yeah, I can't exactly, be going there. <laughs> exactly, man. I fucking suck for that. Uh, <laughs> But it's uh, it's just it sounds awful, man, to be traveling in that. And uh, we went to a, a Colts game the other the other week. We went to the Colts Buccaneers game. I, that was Thanksgiving. Yeah, you had field passes. Week. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Got on the field, saw that like uh, right in front of like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, my um, my wife's cousin's husband. Got to follow the path there. Uh, works for the Buccaneers, so we got field passes. But I had to be on the Buck side. I couldn't wear I couldn't wear Colts gear, which is fine. I don't really own any Colts stuff. Um, but it was pretty cool to see that. And then um, after the game, we we were up ten. We left with like five minutes left, um, you know, to beat the traffic as us <laughs> old geezers are doing these days, I guess. But I have a kid now, man. I'm too old for this shit. Um, so we we leave. And we're trying to get out of there. Uh, and I, we brought my truck and we parked in a random lot, had to wait for other cars to come out so I could get some space to back out. Cause I was in my fucking truck in a compact spot. Truck and life. Yeah, I know. I'm an idiot. We're an idiot for bringing that. Honestly, just I'm throwing that on me and um, we, we should have thought of it. Um, but then we went down and got some nice dinner. It's fine. Um, yeah, as I was saying though, just two two big games going on at once is unfortunate because I'm either I'm gonna have to pick one to watch, but if I'm at home, I can watch both. I don't know. Yeah, your your multi screen setup. There's yeah, nothing yeah. worse than as a kid going to like a a sports game with your family or, or like friends' family, and it's like a baseball game, and say your your team, the home team that you're rooting for, is losing like six to two in the seventh. So like, all right, let's pack it up and head mm-hmm. out, and then they turn on. Then they turn while you're out. driving out, they turn on the sports radio, and then you start hearing like. Oh, it's six to three, it's six to four. They start coming back, and you, I'm just you're sitting in the back seat of the car, like, yeah, missed, traffic's missed, worth it. Like, we, we what, what was the point of even buying our tickets and going if we we're going to leave early? Yeah. And now we're missing the comeback. But George, for like sports, is, is is baseball the only thing you really go to in person? Because you went to a good deal of Yankees games, right? Not Mets, Yankees. Yeah, we went to a few. Yan- we've been to a few Yankees games we went to the, uh, over the last couple of years. What, what the U.S. Open? Tournament. Yeah, yeah the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's just that awesome. once a year for two weeks, and that's it. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's mostly. I haven't been to like a Knicks game in forever. I think the last Knicks game Victoria and I went to was when we were home for winter break of like nice. our sophomore year of college, which at this point is like what six years ago, seven years ago. Mm. Um, and then. Same thing with like the Rangers games or the Islanders. Oh, Islanders! We've been to a good chunk of Islanders games. Hockey games are fun. Yeah, hockey games are fun. Hockey games are fun. Okay, um, so Knicks are the basketball team, Yankees are the baseball team, Islanders. Islanders, your hockey team over the Rangers. I don't have a preference. Yeah, so I've always wondered. New York just stupid. People. Y'all got a bunch of teams yeah. Even play. when it comes to baseball, like I don't really have a pre. Like, I, I follow the Mets because Victoria's family is a baseball family and they're Mets fans. Um, same thing with, uh, football, I guess I'll call myself like jets over giants because same thing, Victoria's family was always, has always been jets over giants. Mm-hmm. Um, which both of the, well, they play in the same stadiums and that's a little bit of a hike, right? Like, yeah, that, that, yeah. Getting, compared to the other like hockey and yeah, basketball. Arenas. Getting, getting to MetLife is a nightmare. Same the, the traffic is just unbelievable. Uh, is there a train that goes all the way to like yeah. uh, Meadowlands or whatever? Yeah, you could take the train from Penn and then transfer it to Caucus, and then there's like a shuttle that takes you to MetLife, which actually that that's what we do when we whenever we go to a concert at MetLife. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, 
like I probably go to I I was at more tennis matches for the U.S. Open in that two week span than I've been at every other sport combined over the last year. Mm-hmm. I swear though, I do remember that like on Insta- your Instagram stories, like probably I don't know a year, maybe it was earlier this season. I don't know, but I swear it was like you're at a Yankees game, like three times in two weeks or something. Yeah, or maybe we, it was like, we went, like you and Sophie or something. And I just saw so much Yankees content. Yeah. I was like, these guys are living there. <laughs> yeah, we went to, a, I yeah, think it was. it was two and it was in a short period of time and it was like earlier this year. Um, but no, we're not, I, I'm not a big, I'll never like lie and say like, oh, I'm a huge baseball or Rangers mm-hmm. hockey or football person. I, I follow football because of the fantasy leagues that I'm in. But mm-hmm. other than that, I'm not just like randomly tossing on a baseball game to watch. Right. Cam, am I crazy or is there no Indiana baseball team? Why can't I think of one? We have a uh, minor league team. Yeah. Oh. Um, we have a minor league team. Uh, uh, the, the, I believe we're the Indianapolis Indians. So yeah. Real creative. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> took a Real. genius to come up with that one. Not, not big enough to get it. Not big enough to get our name changed yet. I don't think. I don't Playing think the Arizona that. zones next yeah. week. <laughs> not really didn't go crazy with that one um i'm a cubs fan but it's only when like i just say i'm a cubs fan it's only if they're like only in 2016 yeah or what, it's when, only yeah. when they're in the playoffs that's when i'll turn on baseball for the first time um other than that good week nothing nothing new a lot of work emma's doing well uh bailey is with my parents this morning we went to my parents last night my uh my aunt and uncle were there and my grandma um, so we saw them and as we were leaving, I was going to a movie <clears throat> and my mom asked if we wanted, if, uh, she, she like could have Bailey over the night overnight and we said, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll get him after the pod, which is kind of nice. Emma's still sleeping in. I got her breakfast all like set up in the room, uh, with some coffee and stuff. So that's nice. Uh, um, but yeah, good, good week overall. Um, we'll move on to movie reviews. We will go. Oh, sorry. Never mind. We'll go to what have we been watching? Uh, this time I'll start with Tyler. Tyler, what have you been watching? I assume a whole lot. Yeah. So let's see. We haven't talked in two weeks. So I'll just kind of jump around here. Um, what have I been watching? So when we were sick in that hotel room, uh, I was just stuck with my iPad watching movies. So I started off with rewatching Licorice Pizza because I don't know. I haven't seen it since it first came out. Still really enjoy it. I don't like love it. It's like a four star for me. Uh, watched American Beauty for the first time with Kevin Spacey. Um, pretty pretty solid movie. I think I didn't like it as much as most people, but 3.5 out of 5, I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, Kevin Spacey is an all-time creep, but uh, yeah. Uh, Love Actually. Also, I'd never seen that rom-com. I feel like that's one of the most iconic like rom-coms ever. If people are a fan of Love Actually, it's re-releasing in theaters, like remastered for the 20th year anniversary this weekend. So go see Love Actually this upcoming weekend if you want to. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. World was another first-time watch. I was just knocking out first-time watches while in that hotel room while Riley was going through it. Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. World was just a blast. That movie's so fun. I don't know why I put it off for so long. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And then I was in a Michael Sarah kick, so I, I rolled that right into Juno, which also I thought was a, a nice, delightful movie with Jason Bateman being an all-time creeper and that channeling his inner Kevin Spacey. But you'd never seen Juno? No, I was, oh my God. I was knocking out all these... That's movies a, that i should have seen a long time ago that's a classic yeah i mean i feel like a lot of people would say that about i feel like a lot of people would be cra- think it's crazy i haven't seen scott pilgrim yeah, that World, is nuts. um rewatched hamilton on thanksgiving and then on the flight back watch rewatch triangle of sadness and then uh once i got back to arizona watched the talents of mr ripley because a lot of people were c- comparing that to saltburn so i wanted to watch that before watching saltburn 
Um, there's a new doc- documentary on Max, David Holmes, The Boy Who Lived. It's about uh, Harry Potter's stunt double. Mm-hmm. Watch that. It just gives you a whole newfound appreciation for like stunt men and what they have to do. And it's just crazy that like I feel like and people on film Twitter and people like us, like not in the movie industry, but people who kind of like watch a decent amount of movies and more than like the average person. I feel like even us still, like we don't have a full appreciation, even when we're out here saying like, oh, there needs to be like a best Ox- or Oscar for best stunt work, which I agree. I still think like it's just like we still don't comprehend just how crazy the stuff stuntmen have to do. So um, definitely a cool documentary if you want to kind of get a behind the scenes on what the world of stuntmen is like. And then I burned through the Purge franchise. Nothing really stands out there. They're all pretty average, but they're kind of fun for what they are, I guess. Um, hmm. One one of the few franchises that like the first one I think is like one of the worst and then they get better. Not like crazy better, like three stars kind of where it peaks. But I think they definitely got better than the original one with Ethan Hawke. Um, then I watched Wish, so I posted on Twitter and saying like, if the Vikings lose to the Bears, I'm gonna go force myself to see Wish as punishment. And then of course, didn't really realize that of course it's a kids' movie. So like 7 p.m. was like the absolute midnight latest dusk showing of a movie like Wish. So I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to wait for tomorrow for this one. So soundtrack banged, but the movie just was not great. And, Chris Pine, uh, good know. singer. Is what? Is Chris Pine a good a good singer? I thought he was fine. I thought Ariana DeBose was really like the one who's really yeah. making the vibes go. Performance and everyone lost their mind. When she, you mean when she, yeah, when Angela Bassett did the thing, <laughs> and uh, the 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 salt burn guy was in the front row. That was funny. <laughs> that, was awesome. that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That was very funny. I like uh, that. Yeah. Um, watched uh, we watched a ghost story for the real quick last week. So if you didn't catch that one, go watch it. We all loved it. All three of us here reviewed it. So uh, definitely go check that one out. Um, great. Then Maestro, uh, Bradley Cooper. George, I, I already asked you this too. George, you did see it, right? Yeah, I saw it at the film festival. Yeah, yeah it was like it was, it was very fine. I don't know. I, I yeah, I, you are. Hold on, you're a fraud. I gotta call you out. You tweeted that like Netflix has been putting out bangers lately, and you had Maestro in there, and you gave it a three star. Yeah, I mean, I guess like that might just be the, the point of the tweet was kind of saying like they really yeah, like brought it for like trying to get like a clicks. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is I needed a third in there because I hate the way the Twitter format stuff if you have like three Stay. images. So yeah. I was like, all right, Rebel Moon, you're the fourth one going in there. <laughs> yeah, I love which that. Which I'm excited for, but I'm like, I know people are going to be like, oh, why did you include this or that? <laughs> yeah. So well, I yeah, saw I that tweet my- and I immediately, I was like, didn't he give Maestro a three star? Like, I don't remember. Yeah, well, like the point was I was trying to like say like Netflix is bringing the heat for like trying to get Oscars this year, but I couldn't find a fourth one. And I just hate freaking three image tweets. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I'm just going to change this to like brought the bangers. So um rebel moon shout out you you got you yeah. got your sneak in there shout out uh and then just caught up on releases which we'll talk about like i'll, I'll real quickly review them when we actually get to that point but like salt burn napoleon rewatch the holdovers drop down from a 5 to a 4.5 which of course like as always on letterbox people like commenting the world ended they're like what happened what changed i'm like i mean think back to when i was a decimal guy before it was probably a 9.5 now it's like a 9.4 so it's really not that big of a deal <laughs> i just i just think oppenheimer is still my number one of the year and, and needed to get that get that spot back. And then, like I mentioned, we watch her and we'll be reviewing that on Friday. So that's kind of all the many, many things I've been watching these past two weeks. Awesome. George, what have you been watching? 
been like heavy I, I always hate to admit like it's been a heavy rewatch couple of like days but your stats on the year were crazy for Dude, rewatching i know my yeah. stats but now like i need to look at mine 20, George. Re- said, okay re-watch. mine was what like 58 yeah. 42 like yeah. I, I guess i just i don't know i enjoy rewatching the films i love i don't know what to tell you yeah same um but yeah i just like this week i rewatched la la land i just tossed that on while i was working yesterday uh, or Friday, and then I watched Mad Max because the Furiosa trailer came. Like, there's a reason why yeah, I rewatched yeah, yeah. it. No, like, I get it. I get it. Um, so I rewatched Mad Max, and then um, it was like 11 o'clock at night that same day, and I just couldn't sleep. So I was like, let me just toss on the social network. I opened Netflix, and that was like the first movie that I saw. So I was like, fuck yeah, that's a quick hour and 50 minutes. Um, and then Her was a rewatch for a real quick that we're doing this week. Um, I did watch a first watch, this movie called Prospect from 2018, starring Pedro Pascal and Sophie Thatcher. Um, this uh, small indie sci-fi film, really, really, really solid. I'm shocked that only me and one other mutual haven't logged and rated on Letterboxd. I think it deserves a lot more attention. It's a really solid movie, especially if you just you know want to scratch that unique or, or refreshing sci-fi itch. Um, Godzilla minus one, which we'll talk about later this episode. I finally checked off Thanksgiving. Thought it was good. I think everyone's overreacting. Um, it, it's fun. I said watching like Eli Roth just having fun with these kills and just the kills are fucking crazy and they're like dope. They genuinely like put my jaw on the floor. But other than that, just didn't find myself caring about anything in this story. Um, I watched this fan-made Batman film called Batman Broken Promise. Uh, animated um really really stunning like if i had watched it not knowing it was a fan-made film i would have thought this was a very high budget studio made um batman film with just how good the production was um the holdovers i finally checked off i know i was late to that party but um in my now top six of the year it was in my top five but i put godzilla above it um how to train your dragon one and two i don't know why i i felt the need to to rewatch both of those but i did um i watched this movie if you're like me and you want like uh i guess like horror-esque fun christmas movies watch anna and the apocalypse uh it's like this really cute movie musical about just this zombie outbreak and just a whole lot of fun and it's it's a quick watch it's like an hour and 40 i think um musical numbers hit um i think ella hunt in the lead was just adorable and she just carried the movie like crazy um definitely worth it and then i also watched krampus and christmas bloody christmas um uh, just to add to my like holiday gore fest which both of those were pretty good christmas bloody christmas was really good um just super retro super neon um very savage in its kills um and yeah that's about it i don't forgot the last time we talked what i mentioned that if i i went on a godzilla kick and watched a whole bunch of older godzilla movies uh oh and, and lastly victoria finally got me to watch the holiday she's been trying to get me to watch that probably for the entire eight years of our relationship um so i finally that's caved it. yeah finally caved finally watched the holiday Thought it was pretty good, actually. Pretty cute standard movie um, or standard holiday movie. Um, definitely an enjoyable time. But that, that's about what I've been watching. Awesome. Um, as always for me, definitely less than y'all, but watch some. 
been on a shitty Christmas movie kick. Um, my favorite kind of movies to watch. Um, I got in the spirit, you know. Uh, so I watched Angel Falls Christmas. Uh, this one stars. Oh shit! What's his name? Uh, he's he like used to be really famous. Uh, Chad Michael Murray. Uh, he's awful. Like he might be the worst actor ever. Now <laughs> like, well, he's there. What was he in? That was big. One, One Tree Hill was the only One, thing. Was right? that what okay. he was in? Uh, no, was that him? Why am I thinking? What? what am I thinking of Chad Michael right now? I'm thinking of something. Chad. Am I crazy? Was he not One Tree what? Hill? Am I losing my mind? He was. He was One Tree Hill. You're right. Sorry. Okay. Uh, he was okay. in Freaky Friday as well. Uh, Gilmore Girls, House of Wax. Yeah, he was. He was in it back in the day, but that might be. Oh, he's got more Christmas movies. Maybe this dude hit like a like come to like major Jesus moment or something. He's got too close for Christmas. White oh. before Christmas seems a little racist. I'm thinking um, of uh, I'm thinking of Chaz Michael Michaels, Will Will Ferrell's character. That's the fake one. Yeah, yeah from um, from Blades of Glory. That's yeah, what, okay. That's Michael Michaels. That's funny. Mm. Um, so that sucked. I watched and and I, I got to get back on the shitty Christmas movies. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, Twelve Days of Christmas was. Uh, I believe like that. Oh, that was the Groundhog Day one. So she just keeps waking up and like has to become a better person. All that jazz. Uh, Christmas Inheritance uh, features Plop from The Office. I think that is Pete um, from like season nine of The Office. Is that uh, the glasses one with the black hair? No, is that no, no, the brown the... hair that like is like kind of okay. the new gym or something? Okay. Um, this is basically like rich person. Get... It's Klaus, but worse. It's <laughs> new for per... like rich person gets sent to town learns christmas spirit all and then learns that her dad wasn't an asshole and he really loves this town just an asshole to everyone else i guess <laughs> um, i watched klaus which is certified banger man that thing's i'm so excited good. to rewatch that one that's that that was, i remember you recommended that last yeah. year and i loved it good it's so fucking good man uh i did re I, I did watch soul as well outside of the christmas realm um, which I just fucking love soul. Um, my favorite Christmas movie is the year without a Santa Claus. So I just threw, a, I threw a five out of five onto it. Why not? I tossed uh, that on my watch list. Yeah. It's, it's old, like claymation yeah. shit, but like, it's just, <laughs> it's like my favorite Christmas movie. It's what I loved as a kid, that sort of thing. Um, and then I watched best Christmas ever from this year. And I think that's kind of what killed the Christmas vibe. <laughs> like it was awful, man. It's genuinely horrible. It's got the dude from American pie, uh, Jason Biggs, um, and then a whole lot of nobodies after that. But oh, is that it, the one with the uncomfortable poster where they're like weirdly hugging, split screen? Yep, that's exactly what it yeah, is. That, yeah, yeah, uh, that one looks. Yeah, that one sucks, man. Yeah, it's just so fucking bad. I, Does I'm Emma sick. watch these with you? No, no, no. Emma watched this one with me, but she, this was like a we we were laying in bed. I just turned on Netflix, and it was the first thing recommended. And I was like, fuck it. I knew it was. A, I knew it was a new movie, so I guess goes in the twenty twenty three watch line. Yeah, <laughs> and I saw Victoria gave it a one star. Yeah, one star from Victoria, I feel like is rare. That is she, uh, yeah, that yeah, that she did not like that movie. <laughs> yeah. I watched Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, George, I, I liked it. You guys uh, watched it like the same time. You were like yeah, texting each other yeah. back and forth. I think yeah. I was like five I, minutes behind. Cam. I did. I I did have the killer predicted right. I almost like. Yeah, um, that was the most annoying part of the movie. So spoilers for Thanksgiving, but it came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and yeah. already reviewed it. But the killer's Patrick Dempsey, and that's one of those things. Like as soon as Patrick Dempsey got cast in it, I'm like, he's probably the killer. And then the whole movie, I'm thinking, I don't really want it to be Patrick Dempsey. Maybe they go something else, but it was. The Which whole time, I was like, please, like, 
it's either Patrick Dempsey or Addison Ray or the killer. Like, okay, that's – okay, so I was thinking – immediately I was like, it's Patrick Dempsey. Like, just like Tyler said, it's like one of those things, like, when someone gets cast, you're like, okay, that's the killer. And, but, like, even as the movie went along, I'm like, it's Patrick Dempsey. Like, it's so obviously Patrick Dempsey. And then for a while I was like, okay, maybe they're, like, going to make me look like a bitch. I thought for, like, a split second it was the football kid that, like, broke his arm. Mm-hmm. I thought that's who it was going to be for like a very. I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be for a split second the uh, the the new boyfriend who always. But he. Yeah, I those th- are like the two that they yeah. wanted to make. You I think, I think that would have been yeah. too obvious. I he, think the football player, like he broke his arm at the and his at the at the yeah. the thing at yeah, the Black Friday. I thought he was a baseball player or baseball, he's whatever he was. Yeah, yeah, I think he was baseball. You're right. Yeah, yeah, because he was a pitcher. But I was like, okay, that would make sense. Like he lost whatever a potential scholarship. He lost his mm-hmm. baseball career, so it would make sense. But the entire movie, I'm like, they're just making it's too obvious. It's too obvious that it's Patrick Dempsey. I'm like, please do something to make me look like a bitch, and just yeah. make me look stupid. And they did. It, uh, uh, yeah, I, I wish, I wish it were different. I, I don't know. I'm fine. I didn't hate the reveal. Like, no, I, no, I didn't hate the reveal either. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I still thought it was a good reveal. Like it made sense. Yeah. But yeah that's fair definitely that's fair. dampen the experience that's fair um and then i should note we watched the last of us last week like just kind of grinded through that good show good show, Great show. We watched, i feel like i i never have a lot of movies and that's 99 percent of the time like eva and i will watch a show because we only like shows together like she doesn't like any movies that i like and i don't like any movies <laughs> she likes um but we watched the last of us we watched ted lasso over again um We'll probably re the whole uh, thing. Re- you just ripped through it all. Not last week, but yeah, okay, in, the last yeah. Cu- in the last couple of weeks, we did both of those. Um, Is third and- season still just a big let letdown on rewatch too. I don't know if it's it's. I tweeted like that. It has the same trage- trajectory of the Mandalorian, which I do think it's mu- definitely a drop. It's not nearly as big of a drop for Ted Lasso as the Mandalorian was. I think. Uh, which I still enjoy both the shows, but it, it's not a huge letdown. And the ending's really great, and it's like super campy bullshit where they're um, all happy. And but like it's Ted Lasso, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, like they've just fulfill every Easter egg and every tease that they've ever given. Like I just, I'm like, that's all right. I like this. This is great. Um, they teased the fourth season. I think Nick Monahan, the actor who plays uh, Nate, tweeted something about a fourth season, um, and just. It's it's not going to be it without without Jason Sudeikis. It's just not going to hit. Um, we'll see though. But you know, we always say we'll have a quick episode or try to move along, and it's thirty five episode thirty five minutes in, and we've we've only we haven't even touched the movie. So let's let's move on to Mister Napoleon, uh, short little guy who's angry, <laughs> uh, starring starring Joaquin Phoenix, Vanessa Kirby, um, one of, one of Seth's most anticipated movies of the year. I'm delaying to pull up the synopsis. Napoleon Bonaparte, that's the like synopsis of him, of, of actually him. So let's find the movie now. Uh, <laughs> a look at the military commander's origins and his swift, ruthless, ruthless climb to emperor, uh, viewed through the prism of, of his addictive and often violative, violet. Jesus Christ, I cannot read right now. Napoleon um, is a personal look at the French military <laughs> leader's origin a swift, go. ruthless climb to emperor viewed through the prism of Napoleon's addictive, volatile relationship with his wife and one true love, Josephine. Thank you. So yeah, we're instead of uh, touching grass, we're finally going to touch some new movie releases. So <laughs> I think Napoleon, Saltburn, and Wish, are, I'm the only one on here that's seen all three of those. So we'll, we'll, I'll be going pretty quickly through them. And yeah, I know Seth had already seen 
Napoleon and Saltburn, and he'd already touched on him briefly as well. So it won't be uh, – we're not going to go too in-depth here. But for the people that did see it, because December has so many new releases that I was like, maybe we could delay until more people see these. But I'm like, we, we have so many coming out that like we, we kind of just got to put these November movies in the past at this point. Um, Napoleon was one of the most anticipated movies for a lot of people. I mean, it's Ridley Scott, and he's making a, an epic two-and-a-half-hour movie about one of the most – notorious conquerors in history so obviously people are going to be very excited for it and joaquin phoenix is a star in it vanessa kirby is a is a supporting it was just very fine like and, and i i haven't really seen anyone who came away with it loving it i've seen a lot of people say it's either fine or they just really disliked it for uh, a two and a half hour movie it feels a lot longer i mean this thing just drags and it's because they they focus the, the movies mainly focus on napoleon and his relationship with josephine whereas the wars, the conquering, the stuff people know Napoleon for in the history books is really an afterthought. And clearly, like, it's intentional. Ridley Scott decided the way that he wanted to attack Napoleon's life was going to be different than what people would expect and kind of show that he was not only a flawed leader, but a very insecure man that used conquering and military prowess as a way to compensate for a lot of insecurities. But it just kind of made for a less exciting movie. I know a lot of my friends saw it because this movie did well at the box office. Cause it's definitely like a big dad movie. Like you see a Napoleon war epic, you're going to want to go see it. And a lot of people that I know that went and saw it, they kind of came away. They're like, yeah, it was just boring. Like it was just too much Napoleon and Josephine and, and not enough of the, you know, the stuff I was expecting to see when I bought, you know, my family Thanksgiving tickets to see on the big screen, you know, this, this war epic, there are definitely war scenes in it. Um, they're well shot in terms of their, on a grand scale war epic that you're kind of just watching from a 360 view or a top view of just these big, large set pieces of these massive wars and lots of death. But I don't know. It just never felt that memorable. There was never any intimate war scenes really like in saving private Ryan. I feel like that's what really makes it stick with you is there's so many intimate close up moments with the characters, with the death, with the killing where you're just like up in their face right there where you can just honestly feel so much more attached to them. And it just feels so much more impactful when you see the war taking place from that side of the point of view. But Napoleon, you're kind of just a little removed from it. It's always just like, all right, we're done with Napoleon Josephine. Let's do like a quick cut scene of like 10 minutes of going to like the battle of Waterloo or the invasion of Russia or some war and just show a bunch of cannons being fired, a bunch of people jump in and a bunch of blood spewing. And that's like, all right, let's get back to more dialogue. So didn't really care for it. was pretty bored. But it was honestly one of the funniest movies of the year. I think Napoleon and the Killer are two November releases that no one really expected coming into the year would be comedic comedies. But both of them ended up being that way. Napoleon's character is just a lot of the lines they give him are just dry, pathetic lines, honestly. And Joaquin Phoenix, as we've seen him with Bo is Afraid this year, he can play that kind of blithering pathetic kind of dude pretty well and he he did it again here in napoleon and his relationship with josephine is just pretty hilarious honestly because she is just honestly like a borderline dominatrix in terms of she's clearly the dominant one in that relationship she has all the power and he's just kind of you know a bumbling little insecure man who throws fits if she doesn't write him letters and and she's just cheating on him all the time and he he can't do anything about it and it's just he, he's just a funny man so it's a pretty funny movie it's good comedy but in terms of a war epic, it left me wanting a lot more. I've seen a lot of, obviously, people that have broken down the historical accuracy of the movie, not just in terms of, like, you know, what they're wearing or, you know, not firing cannons at Egypt, but 
I watched a lot of like historian videos saying like the whole timeline's even off and like he was in places in this movie he was never in in real life. And it's, I've talked about it before. I think historical accuracy is pretty overrated in movies, but there's like a point where I, if I'm going to see a movie like Napoleon, I want something where I can I think like, you got to get some right. 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 Like, like, like I want to come away from it being like, Oh, I feel like I learned like something here, but like, I, I saw like one historian guys, TikTok, which I never had never seen him before. But apparently he's like a big like history guy on TikTok, And he was like mapping out the Napoleon movie and how like it went down in the movie. And he was like drawing like the map of how the movie had him go. And it's like completely different than from where he was in real life. And like, they were like saying like showing him scenes in the movie, like with Marie Antoinette in France. And he's like, yeah, they, they never met. He was never in this place in the first place. And it's like, definitely took a lot of liberties to just kind of just make the movie more interesting. And, uh, I don't know. Ridley Scott was kind of an asshole with this movie, so I don't really feel bad, like, not really loving it. Like, yeah, it's the same thing with James Cameron, like, where it's like, they're just kind of asses, but I, I, the movie James Cameron made, I liked, whereas Ridley Scott was an ass about a movie that, that was kind of boring and I didn't really like, so I'm going to be a little more, you know, annoyed about it. But, uh, that's Napoleon. I, I, my fiance's mom texted me last night saying, like, have you seen Napoleon? Is it worth the watch? And, you know, I try to be a good source of movie recommendation so i just like texted up paragraphs like honestly i wouldn't recommend going to see it i think most people would that are because i know like the type of people that like if you're trying to only going to see a couple movies this year when you see napoleon you're thinking you're going to see a big war epic on screen you're just not and i'm like it's almost three hours long feels a lot longer i guarantee if i told you to go see this movie you'd come back and be like that was so boring too long so i'm going to say like no wait till it comes out on apple tv plus probably in like february since this was an apple movie but yeah, it's Napoleon. I, and lastly, Joaquin Phoenix. I love him. He might be one of my favorite. He might be my favorite actor of all time, honestly. But this is bottom 10% performances from him. He was just not very interesting in this at all. Vanessa Kirby was great, though. She was awesome. But um, Napoleon, or Joaquin kind of seemed like he phoned it in. I don't know. Didn't love the movie, but that's Napoleon. Would you give it again out of five? Three out of five. I was close to 2.5, but the, the comedy is really the only thing that saved it, saved it for me. So this is like a really low end three out of five, but there was enough that I enjoyed that definitely made it a positive as opposed to a negative, but definitely wasn't anywhere near what I would ever expect out of a Ridley Scott walking yeah. Phoenix collaboration. That's so that's Napoleon. And Seth was also the same way. He gave it a three out of five. And I know he was, he was disappointed by it, even though it was like his most anticipated of the year. Um, mm-hmm. And then Saltburn is a, a movie that is like a, a very much a Twitter isn't real movie because Twitter will make you think like this is the worst movie ever made. And that Emerald Fennel should be in like a, like a pr- prison yeah. <laughs> a prison for the rest of her life yeah um but yeah. it's a 3.7 on letterboxd and the the and not even just that the ratings distribution is like the least um the least controversial thing you'll ever see it's very much just looks like the at&t logo basically where it's just as the ratings go higher it's you know climbing up and up and up mm. um yeah we'll salt burn but uh, seth gave it a two and a half i think he gave it a three initially dropped it on two and a half i gave it a three um, but all my mutuals on Letterbox have a couple people that gave it four and a half, a couple people three and a half, a couple people one and a half. So it's really just running the gambit in terms of film Twitter. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Saltburn synopsis: We're all about to lose our minds, struggling to find his place at Oxford University. Student Oliver Quick finds himself drawn into the world of the charming and aristocratic Felix Catton, who invites him to Saltburn, his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. Um, Felix is Jacob Alordi. He's kind of the 
the posh rich guy whose family lives in this mansion where his mother is Rosamund Pike, his father is Richard E. Grant, and he invites Barry Keoghan, who's a Oxford University student, that they kind of cross paths and you kind of think Barry's kind of the typical student that's, you know, just an average guy, just a normal student, whereas uh, Jacob Elordi's, you know, the it guy, he's the rich guy, everyone wants to be his friend. Um, and from there, uh, a lot of people kind of akin it to Towns of Mr. Ripley, where Barry kind of, Barry Keoghan kind of gets a very strong affinity for Jacob Elordi and wants to become his friend and maybe more than that. And uh, from there, we kind of just go on this crazy adventure of uh, Barry going to Saltburn. And that's where the movie's at its peak. Like the first hour of this movie is so fun. Like the set design, you're at this rich mansion. Everyone's in incredible costumes. The production design is so fun. The score, the score and the soundtrack both combined in this movie are so, so intoxicatingly fun. Had a blast with it. Like I think it's definitely a, a a soundtrack I'd probably listen to just on my drive. Like it, it soundtracks banging production designs banging. So it's just a very fun vibe and atmosphere for this movie for the first hour. And then the second hour starts to devolve. It's one of those things that a lot of people on Twitter have been saying like, Oh, it's like, I can't believe this scene. This scene was so crazy and disgusting. It's really like nothing would really shock you. There's been a lot more gross stuff this year alone. Um, it's, I don't know. Like, uh, there's just a lot of things that happen in this movie that I think people like reacted to, thinking like it's like disgusting and like shock value, but it's really not, nothing that real. I was. Yeah, Twitter isn't real. It wasn't that crazy. Um, but the final hour, I just didn't love the writing. I think the the screenplay was the weakest part of this movie. I think the final reveal of kind of what it builds up to is really the weakest point, and kind of as as a result, when your writing is the thing that suffers, that kind of ruins the crux of the whole movie. But this is about a two-hour-long movie, and I'd say the whole first hour is such a fun blast, and I was completely locked in. And then as things start happening in the, in the next 45 minutes, it starts to fall apart for me in terms of the messaging they're trying to get across, which I'm not going to spoil because enough people haven't seen it because it's a pretty limited release. Um, but I, I, I talked about it a little bit more in my Letterboxd review. But the next 45 minutes will unravel a bit. Didn't love that. And then the final 15 minutes I thought was like a really cool, fun reveal. Like I, I dug it and uh, – a lot of fun things happen where actors really commit to their roles, but it didn't feel earned based on the prior 45 minutes. So I think the big thing is like the second half of this movie, if you buy into it and you like it, this could be like a 4.55 out of five. Cause there's a lot of fun things that happen. And that final review will be reveal will be so satisfying and fun. But if you don't really buy into or dig that final 45 minutes, then the final review is just going to be like, uh, this is just kind of really losing me. So it's a, it's a tough movie for me. Cause I give it a three out of five, but, it's really just a tale of two halves where I love the first half. Did not care for the second half at all. Um, but yeah, I really like Promising Young Woman, uh, which is Emerald Fennell's first movie that she won an Oscar for. This is her second film. I don't think she should be in jail. I think it's kind of crazy that people are, you know, so anti-Emerald Fennell. It's it's the same thing I think of as Brandon, Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool, where someone coming from a privileged background is trying to make a movie about privileged people. So it's kind of like weird. Like it's like, can someone who's uber wealthy really properly make a critique of the uber wealthy? Some people might think that might be impossible. And honestly, I could probably listen to those agreements and, and agree that maybe someone super wealthy couldn't make a critique of the super wealthy, but it's the same thing with infinity pool. That was a very bombastic and crazy movie by someone who grew up very privileged, but I still enjoyed infinity pool for what it was. I didn't love it. And that's kind of the same thing that I came away with Saltburn. Um, yeah. And that's kind of it. I know a lot of people loved it. No, some certain people hated it in the middle for me, but it's definitely a movie that I think everyone should see. Cause I'm excited to see people's reactions and takeaways. Cause there's a lot, a lot going on here. 
I love Jacob Elordi. I love Barry Keoghan. Roseman Pike's great as well. Kerry Mulligan's in this. I feel like it was just like a favor to Emerald Fennell in terms of uh, she was in is Promising like Young her, Woman. Her thing now is her and, and Carrie Mulligan. It might, I mean, yeah, because Carrie Mulligan, might. unless I'm like blank, and she was in like the movie for like a dinner scene, had maybe like a line. And, and it's not even like, I'm not, it's not even like she dies or anything. It's just like she just like shows up, has like a line and leaves. Like it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, I feel like it was just, she's just going to be an Emerald Fennell movie or something at this point. Cause I was kind of like going into this. I was like, oh, she's in this. I'm surprised no one else is talking about it. And everyone's talking about Maestro. And I'm like, oh, it's because she's in it for like a minute. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's it for Saltburn. Three out of five. Um, same thing as Napoleon. I did. If I was going to rewatch a movie, I would rewatch Saltburn a hundred times over before Napoleon. But in terms of overall rating, it just gets on my overall rankings. It's definitely above Napoleon, but they're both three out of fives. And then finally, and most quickly, I'll just go over Wish. I'm going to spend like two minutes on this. So synopsis is the latest Disney animated movie. Um, trying to follow up their banger of strange worlds from last year, which was the biggest flop of all time for <laughs> Disney animated studios. Um, so wish is be careful what you wish for. Asha, a sharp witted idealist makes a wish so powerful that it is answered by a cosmic force, a little ball of boundless energy called star together. Asha and star confront a most formidable foe, the ruler of Rosas King Magnifico to save her community and prove that when the will of one courageous human connects with the magic of the stars, wondrous things can happen. Um, starring Ariana DeBose and Chris Pine. And it was fine. It's like, it was far from the worst thing I've ever seen from Disney far from the best thing I've ever seen. It was just very average. I gave it a two out of five because really the only thing I really liked about it was the soundtrack. The rest of the movie is so forgettable. Like I think I even wrote this in my letterbox review that by the time I take this, like, five minute drive home i'll probably forget everything i just saw because it was just such a bland boring and just like meh movie but ariana debose has some bangers and i think the movie's called the or the song is called the wish which is just a iconic song love the song but uh also at the same time it felt like a song i like honestly when i heard it, i was like have i heard this before like the disney releases soundtrack earlier or something and i don't think i did i think it's just disney has such a formula with their songs and their movies that everything sounds familiar and like you've heard it before which is kind of what I felt with like the wish soundtrack. I'm like, all these songs sound so familiar, but I think they're just kind of have their formula. They plugged in some new words and, and out came the soundtrack, which I did enjoy. It's never but, bad though. It's never bad. No, never bad. Um, but the movie tries to be so ambitious because it's like, they're like origin story for the Disney magic universe. And uh, it just didn't really connect. Like, I feel like they tried to take such a big swing with what they were going for, but the execution of it ended up being so safe and boring that I was just kind of shocked with the end. I was like, oh, you're really trying to go there? Like trying to really make this be like a, a big Disney anime? Because it's their 100th year anniversary this year. So they wanted to make yeah. like a big, big thing for this movie Wish. And uh, I think they knew it was going to fail in terms of, I don't think they thought it was going to be that great of a movie because I really did not see much advertising for this, which is kind of the same as Strange World, um, which is, which, but it's even more crazy to me for Wish because it's like their 100th year anniversary, mm-hmm. like this big movie they're trying to push. And I feel like I didn't see like, anything for wish or maybe it's just because the the communities i'm in don't really you know isn't they're, they're not i'm not their target audience they're going for you know the younger crowd so um two out of five for me soundtrack is uh probably the only thing that's worth for, worthwhile for this movie so if you want to see wish just listen to the soundtrack in your car that's probably the best part about it uh it'll be on disney plus in like a month probably and uh yeah i i don't think the budget was as crazy as strange world because the animation and that was so insane oh yeah that's another thing they like had so many callbacks to Disney movies like oh mirror mirror on the wall and like Prince Charming and all this stuff where it's like 
it was similar to like the fantastic beast movies like that's the vibe is giving us like they just threw stuff at the wall like remember this remember this that was awesome like you should love this as a result same thing with the animation in this and the aspect ratio they copied or not copied but they have the same aspect ratio as like sleeping beauty and all the iconic disney animated movies from you know almost a century ago the animation style was not made the same exact way of like the 2d animation of old times but they tried to emulate that as opposed to like strange world which is a very 3d animation and uh yeah i just feel like this movie was just trying to throw everything at you that people love about disney and just be like you should love this because you loved all of this that we did and it just didn't work for me and i don't think it'll really work for most people it's a 2.7 on letterbox on average um all my mutuals are right in the middle like two two and a half so it's like you know not terrible but not really worth a trip to the theater unless you have like a, a kid or something that loves disney movies i think uh Sorry, I, I'm just popping in. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Stuff. Yeah, I figured, I figured it wouldn't. You would be, but I feel like I saw. I think I saw Reagan tweet this. I think Disney Plus, and I completely agree. Like, killed Disney animated movies because Disney animated movies are not ones you. As an, I'll go to them because I want, and I'm sure there are a good amount of people that would, but you're not going for the most part because you really want to see wish you're going because your kid really wants to see wish, but your kid doesn't fucking know when it's coming out or whatever. You can wait till that shit gets put on Disney plus and then show your kid wish. And that's, I, I wouldn't take, if I, if I had that option, wish is going to be on Disney plus in two months. I'll wait for that. Like for, for Bailey, you know, I, I think especially with Disney movies, it's killed because Napoleon and Killers of the Flower Moon, you can say these got to be seen on the big screen. Hell, Godzilla minus one. This got this has to be seen on the big screen. Wish? <laughs> Does it though? Does it really? It, are you getting any more viewing experience from the big screen versus my phone? Like, <laughs> really? You know, so I, I, I kind of think that was like the best take I saw all week is that Disney Plus, like especially for Disney animated or Pixar movies, just like kills, kill, kills it. So, um, yeah, wish. Oh, also, I had to step away for a sec. So I told you guys I set up Emma with like coffee and stuff. I We have a warmer that um, like keeps your coffee warm. So if you were sitting at your desk, you'd it'd keep your coffee warm. I, I, I was thinking, right? I'm like, I'm not going to keep it in this Starbucks cup. I'm going to transfer it to a ceramic cup so it doesn't have any chance of burning or melting apparently at the bottom of the ceramic cup was like a rubber like piece of just i i assume it's so that like the cup doesn't slide or anything yeah melted completely on this thing so that's what she called me up to see because she just oh, woke man. up uh so that's funny but moving on we'll, y'all we'll should go. do godzilla next instead of may december because I, I just talked for so long and i want to that, take a that's break. fine we'll, we'll go to we'll go to godzilla um, so Godzilla minus one, uh, Japan is already devastated by the war when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster, short and sweet synopsis. Perfect Easy. for this movie. Easy. Yeah. Cause it's, it is just like, it's, it's exactly Godzilla. what it is. Yeah. It is just like, it's a Godzilla movie, yeah. but it's fucking awesome. <clears throat> um, I still don't know where I'm going to rate it. Uh, I I'll throw, uh, this I'll throw was like, I like. Uh, out of the theater, this was like the fastest four and a half out of five I could have yeah, given. I think I think I'll throw an eighty-seven out of a hundred at it. So a four and a half out of five. Um, it was fuck, just you know why like I spent stuff. like the last like whatever two weeks like watching so many Godzilla movies, like all the entire MonsterVerse, um, and then a couple of like the old uh, Japanese ones. Um, 
and like i'm just not blown away by anything and like a lot of people have a lot of these older godzilla movies at like a four and a half or a four and i don't think i've put one up higher than a three and a half yet even in the monsterverse um so this was just comparatively to what i've been watching this was hydrogen bomb to whatever that meme is crying baby what is it coughing coughing baby. baby that that is what the comparison is like this is by and far away the best godzilla movie i've seen um it was just, i have godzilla vs kong rated pretty highly i kind of love that i movie. saw yeah you got that at the four and a half you got to rewatch yeah, that movie i might have to i, I rewatched I it and lowered today. my rating i was thinking that like or i was thinking that last night after i saw it i'm like well now so so my my thing with godzilla vs kong and i think that the u.s godzilla does this like it has a trajectory upwards because it gets less and less people and just more kaijus fighting yeah but i think this movie was a great way of like kaijus being not fighting because there's no other kaiju other yeah. than godzilla spoiler i guess but also mixed in with like human characters that you actually care about i don't give a fuck about any character in godzilla yeah. vs kong but it's got so much kaiju's fighting i love it. like i'm so in <laughs> that's like, like the shittiest awesome. parts of the monster verse it's like there's so much time spent not focused on godzilla and like even the original verse kong man it's just battles no for, awesome. for like the last like 45 not even for like the like last like half hour up until like where mecha godzilla comes in we're focused so much like when they're in the um the underworld area or whatever the mm. hollow earth and like yeah, yeah, yeah. half of them like turn on half of them i'm like i just don't give a shit about mm. any of this like get me to where kong and godzilla meet face to face yeah. But that's what minus one does so well. It's like this post World War Two just look at like grief and now this dude has to like and grief and guilt and PTSD because of his prior experience with Godzilla. Now Godzilla's like three times larger, which when Godzilla pops up for the first time in this movie, I'm I'm, I'm looking at him, I'm like, he's tiny. Like he's small as shit yeah. right here. Like he's a yeah, small yeah. dude. So I was like, is he going to be like this way the entire movie? He was not, thankfully. Hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, like this movie was just, there were so many moments of just jaw on the floor. The first time he drops his atomic breath, I lost that my. That was the coolest dude. fucking atomic breath. Oh, ever. my God. Oh, my. It was insane, man. And, oh, I wish we got it like three, four more times. That was fucking. I unreal. wish I ha I wish I like got my reaction to that yeah. on video because the theater I went to an early screening. It was like okay, four o'clock. Awesome. So no, no, not an early screening, just like oh, early like time in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like it was like a four o'clock screening. I left work a little early. It wasn't that busy. I was like, let me just go watch this movie, get out of the way. That's awesome. So man. it was me and like one other dude. And like the entire time I'm like, damn, I could I should have brought my tripod and like recorded my reaction to this. Cause I genuinely like I I unreclined my seat after that because I wanted mm -hmm. to like sit up and like look at the screen. That shit out of nowhere popped up which was just yeah. delightful and then i saw this um this tweet that i think kind of describes what minus one is like fairly well they were basically yeah. forgot what they said about act one but they basically said act one was some movie act 
two of Jaws and then Act three of Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a, a Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jaws yeah, yeah. Which, which it is. Man. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was just like the most brilliant way to describe this movie because I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is in my top five of the year. I was just so stunned at so many moments. Um. I think they put. Uh, Tyler, if you can still hear us, you want to toss that spoiler warning on? Thank you. Um. What a guy. Yeah, I guess we're just going to spoilers now because there's fine one with thing. Me, man. There they made it too obvious that there was an ejector seat in that plane. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's like, kind of like what held this back from a five star yeah. for me was that part because they wanted to make that like the really like big emotional sacrifice, but I was like, they made it so obvious that like they cut out the audio when he was talking about the plane they were yeah, like and yeah. then they go back that was so clear it was a little too obvious for me but still the whole final sequence was just just non-stop anxiety and panic and i was like wow this is like this is the godzilla movie that we've been waiting for it's like this perfect blend of like this kaiju destruction with these jaw-dropping moments and they also give us this this character in and i'm definitely gonna pronounce his name wrong koichi i believe his name was and like yeah, the guilt and the grief that he has from his experience in world war ii and how he's like yeah what the fuck they got like a godzilla with like a deeper meaning in it that like and, and that's probably why i shouldn't rate godzilla versus kong a four and yeah that four and a half is like, crazy <laughs> this movie has like deeper meanings to it and it's actually like has a narrative um <laughs> on top of big ass godzilla yeah. destroying a bunch of shit um but yeah you're you you can continue a lot of guilt and shame no that's 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 pretty much my whole rant this is just like it was the best of both worlds because it's like it's what the the new monster verse movies lack that human narrative the old japanese movies the ones that i have seen have lacked that godzilla terror outside of shin godzilla i think shin godzilla was a very good blend of it just not to the level of minus one but everything prior to that i think just lacks godzilla everything in the monsterverse lacks that human narrative and at times even lacks godzilla i think the gareth edwards movie is like criminal how little godzilla there is in that movie yeah they really went for the jaws effect in that one. yeah which like, i just and, and did not too much like. people yeah too much people. too much people and then that you don't care about exactly especially. and then they tried to switch it up in king of the monsters where they tried to just give us kaiju fighting left and right and then they added millie bobby brown as like a little piece didn't like that that much um but yeah, this Man, was I like just Godzilla vs. Monsters. I love those movies. I'm an idiot. No, I like those movies a lot too. I think they're visually fantastic. And when when we have Godzilla and like Ghidorah fighting, it's cracked. It's it's incredible. Um, but there's just nothing for me to care about in those movies. And minus one just gave me that. I cared about characters yeah. for the first time in a Godzilla movie. I like that. No, I, I'm I'm with you, man. I, I fuck it. This is gonna be we're gonna call it ninety out of hundred right now, <laughs> just because I'm gonna put it. Uh, that's a four and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's fifth on my ratings for this year. Yeah, that's what um, it says for me. And it's it's. I think it's above Creed. I think it's above John Wick. Um, Ooh, I got uh, I got John Wick. Above I got it. okay. Yeah, I got John Wick at three, and then Past Lives at four, and then Godzilla at five. Yeah, I've uh, I have a uh, past lives at four, and then Oppenheimer, Guardians, and Across the Spider Verse. So yeah, I think uh, I think this one can be my number uh, five. Which I I really like this movie. I think it was awesome. Um, 
Yeah, I think that it's fifteen million dollar budget, which is insane because it looks so good at parts. It's so there crazy. Parts, there are parts where it looks like rubbery and a little off, but like it's not a huge. It was the it's eyes. It was the it eyes was of the Godzilla. Eyes this was and my problem with Shin Godzilla too. I know you. You should watch that, by the way. I, I it's will. a great movie. I do like Godzilla, so I gotta watch more. Yeah, that's my... like another movie where it's like a good blend of like the human narrative and then Godzilla just being destructive. But like, yeah. I think Godzilla looks so goddamn goofy in that movie, and really? I couldn't figure out what it was. And the more I watched that movie, like as the runtime went on, I was like, it's the eyes, like mm -hmm. the pupils are not moving. He's not blinking or anything. They're just, yeah. they're just there. No, and that was right, the yeah. same thing in minus one. I was like, it's the eyes, like the eyes just make him blink once. And I think that would add so much terror to his character. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. It definitely the eyes. You're exactly right. Were the, were the problem. Um, uh what what else was i gonna say oh i i think um also the way he walks is a little goofy but that's like that's like old-timey godzilla so yeah. like, i think that's kind of what they were going for which is totally fine yeah. um a lot of people I, who have i've never seen the the 19 i believe it was 54 the first one ever but a lot of people that have are like putting in their letterbox reviews like i like that i like the ode to like older godzilla like with the way yeah. he like his he moves the way his arms are um yep. i also saw a lot of letterbox reviews that like said why they made godzilla kind of thick in this movie <laughs> <laughs> they did kind of man he's not wrong it's not wrong um one of my favorite letterbox reviews of the week not for godzilla but for napoleon so tyler if you could hear is like i can't wait to see uh sophia coppola's version of v vanessa or, or or not vanessa uh um whatever vanessa kirby's character plays i haven't seen the movie but i thought that was a funny letterbox review back to godzilla um yeah I, I think like the the it, it's it, it just shows how impressive it is that they can make a a character driven Godzilla movie work and still have the big ass kaiju like Godzilla is all Godzilla is is just a um is a like representation of the atomic bomb that's that's all it is and in, in basically every and you don't get that at all in the U.S. versions shocker there um, sh shocking whoa that the, yeah shocking that the U.S. doesn't want to make this narrative that Godzilla is the atomic bomb um but it, it, like you said we see Godzilla originally he's kind of small on an island of Oda is yeah. it Emily? Um, yeah. and then later in the movie, you see the U S at testing atomic weapons and Godzilla getting stronger and stronger, a little bit bigger. And then, um, he becomes a minesweeper, the main character, uh, and they, you know, they're making a great family. He, he marries, or he doesn't marry a woman. He gets with a woman who has a kid, but it's not, I thought kid. that yeah, was the weird. funniest relationship I've <laughs> not, ever not, seen. Yeah, not film. weird. It was just like, I was like a little throw. I was like, like oh, they were, okay, to, so. they were living together for like five years and people mm -hmm. were and like asking like, Oh, your wife. And he's like, Oh no, no, no. This is still just some random woman who just decided yeah. to live with me. <laughs> yeah. She, she showed up like after yeah. the war. Um, and this guy like who doesn't think he should have survived. He was a kamikaze pilot who who lands on the island of Oda and then wasn't supposed to survive the, the battle with Godzilla and survives that. And then he, he's on that minesweeper ship when they first see Godzilla survives that. And so he's just got such survivor's guilt that every natural disaster, he's the one making it out. At one point, his girlfriend who he's living with um, is uh, dies or you think she dies um and and so he's has survivor's guilt for that and then uh his idea is that he can be a kamikaze pilot now 
um, and fly right into Godzilla's mouth and blow it up there, um, which it does work. But like you said, George, very clearly they put an ejector. And that was like another theme is that like Japan refuses to put ejector seats in these planes. Uh, then they did at the end. Um, and, and it flies into it. Get a little tease at the end that Godzilla's still alive. I didn't... I. I don't know if it's canon that Godzilla has uh, regeneration powers. I but he didn't does it think early it was. Yeah, when he bites the 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 mine and his face yeah. grows, I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was going to be like another Godzilla, like in, <laughs> like in uh, the Meg t- or the Meg, where like the second there's like a bigger Meg one. Come, yeah, I thought it was going to be another. Godzilla. Yeah, I didn't or know he was just going to like heal like in time or something, but no, Godzilla just regenerates. Yeah, because in every other Godzilla movie, he's just been indestructible like he's like yeah. like he, he got in godzilla vs kong he got hurt but like but like can go he yeah. got he got back up every single time like it was yeah. more just like fatigue i guess in those movies this movie mm-hmm. half his face gets blown off and he just immediately grew back yeah exactly very very interesting yeah um not an issue by any means no no not an issue at all just like in the yeah, moment, I was like, oh, okay, uh, he does I, yeah, that now. <laughs> I didn't know that was like a I, yeah, yeah. I was sitting there, and I'm like, oh, didn't know that was a power he's got. Um, but just a cool-ass movie, man, overall. Like we already mentioned, the atomic breath that he has in this is probably, is without a doubt, Dude, the best we'd ever seen. As soon as you see, like, scene. the spikes charging up, yeah, fucking awesome. The build-up of that. that was and so then I cool. love that it was, like, a literal bomb. It wasn't uh, yeah, just, like, no, the, like you, it wasn't just, like, a laser breath like it usually is. Like, this you was You have a, that feeling of, like, this is, like, insane. It's, like, it shakes your entire theater and, yeah. like, then causes a major, it destroys, like, an entire city, basically, because just the power of it blows up. And then, like you said, it's an entire bomb where the wind is coming through. You can feel it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I, so I need to, like, rewatch this in IMAX. Like, yeah, I, I only saw it in, like, a regular screening. Yeah, so did I. I didn't see it in IMAX or even, like, 4DX or anything. It was, like, yeah. such a, like, a just a it was like literally just a normal theater yeah kind of bummed about that but the the shot when like in the third act when godzilla is like charging himself up for the atomic breath Mm -hmm. and like the camera is going around him Mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember that shot but i thought that was just the coolest thing and there's i for the life of me i can't remember what movie i remember that exact shot from but like I have that like that style so vividly in my head of like just the camera circling Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've seen this before somewhere. And like I remember just it's like the coolest shot in the world. Cause like it like literally he's like powering himself up and then like the camera's going around him and getting closer to him as he's powering. So it just makes him look like this fucking menace. And then that's yeah. obviously right before he gets the kamikaze plane in his mouth and then dies. Yeah. That, that was just an awesome movie and then it's it's revealed that the woman lived um which and, no way yeah no no shot man. zero she got, chance she got blown to she shit, got man. blown into buildings that were yeah. falling yeah she got blown to shit like even if she did survive uh, that no way also, they he would have he would have died too like that building, yeah there's the no one building yeah he's behind is the one that's standing it's fine not a big deal but just funny just funny um, plot arm <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah just really great movie uh four and a half out of five for george and 90 out of 100 for myself uh also four and a half um but really 
two thumbs up from camo two thumbs up um just very fun tyler we can get back into uh may december if you're there and i can pull up the synopsis. Yeah, george saw it with me too i saw uh, it as well yeah oh yeah, yeah i forgot yeah. you did so we all three saw it in may december uh 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance a married couple buckle under the pressure when a hollywood actress meets them to do research for a film about their past life uh directed by todd hayes starring uh natalie portman as well as um charles melton i believe his name is julianne moore um and then those are the main notable actors um in this but good movie uh tyler you gave your your review like a couple weeks ago i think george i think you (laughs) spoke about it when you first saw it but we'll start with george um what'd you think about this one what do you have it rated oh yeah i i said to tyler yesterday when we were talking i wish i had rewatched this prior to to this episode because i feel like this is like for me this is the most like shocking like all of a sudden oscar contender like i i out of the theater thought um uh natalie portman was gonna get all the buzz and i thought that was gonna be it um and i think she was great she was was fantastic that that whole monologue she has at the end is just that was that's like her oscar clip like i could see Mm -hmm. it already you know natalie portman may december and then they play that clip um, I think my problem with this movie was this was the first film I saw at the film festival. Um, so right after that, I had another 12 releases in the span of two weeks. So I think this is just the movie that just kind of went in one ear out the other, especially because I thought so highly of, you know, Hitman and uh, The Killer and, um, you know, The Boy and the Heron. I just found these movies just a little bit more intriguing than May, December. So for me, May, December kind of felt like that one movie from the film festival. I just kind of went in one ear, out the other, because it was the first one I watched. Um, and then I just had to focus so heavy on like so many other new releases that I was getting to at the film festival, which again, so I think my thoughts are a bit disingenuous. So I kind of wish I had rewatched it, but I thought it was good. I definitely thought it was fantastic. Again, I'm still surprised by the Oscar buzz. I think it's a very interesting look at sexual abuse. Um, And then Charles Melton's character kind of growing up in this household as this father figure um, where he just doesn't have a real grasp of the world or of adulthood kind of because of his experiences, which I thought really did make for a compelling narrative. Um, I think there are a lot of moments with Charles Melton's character and his children that just kind of are just devastating just because of what Julianne Moore's character did to Charles Melton. Um, I think Natalie Portman was fantastic. Um, Surprisingly, and I seem to be the only one on this side of, and I'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts. I did not care for like the soap opera esque, like drama in this movie, like the scene where Julianne Moore opens the fridge and there's like the really intense music and she's like, oh, we're, we may not have enough hot dogs. Like, I didn't find that funny. I just, I don't care for like soap opera-y style of, you know, film, which if you like that, all the power to you. It's just not my thing. So I don't think the comedy in this worked as well as I would have liked. It's definitely dry, which surprisingly, I typically love dry humor, but this movie, it just didn't work for me. But I don't also don't think, it's necessarily like that was its strong suit. I think it's narrative between and it's and it's I guess rivalry of of Julianne Moore and uh, Natalie Portman's character is its standout as well as Charles Melton's just heartbreaking performance and and his character is just like weird situation. 
Um, so my score right now stands at a three and a half out of five. Um, I, I need to rewatch it, I think, before the end of the year, especially just because of how much Oscar buzz it's getting. And I need to like rework my 2023 ranked list because I feel like, I don't know, I don't even think it's in my top 40 right now or top 30 maybe. Um, and I just, I guess I feel like a fraud. Um, but yeah, that that's about where I stand with May, December. I definitely thought it was good, but I think just the fact that I had to watch 12 other film festival releases right after just made that just the most forgettable one unfortunately yeah um tyler i think you gave most of your thoughts last yeah i want to hear your thoughts cam yeah i'll uh mention my i really enjoyed it uh i think i'm lower on it than tyler i think i have it around i i told you guys before we recorded or maybe i said it when we were recording i don't know where i was at uh with this or godzilla i didn't have either of them rated so i'm gonna throw like an 82 or around there four out of five um, I liked it about as much as I liked Air, which is about around there. Um, I think it was really great through and through. There were some moments that I didn't um, necessarily love or necessarily care for as much. I think t- Charles Melton was fantastic. Definitely best supporting actor worthy. I'll still give it to RDJ just because he's my guy. I gotta go with gotta go with him. But I think I I do think they had like neck and neck performances. Um, uh, Natalie Portman for me was the best of the two lead actresses. Uh, which I don't know if that's a common take or a hot take. I don't know, but I, I think she was fantastic in this. Um, the uh, it's been going around Twitter this week. The like clip of who this is like loosely based on doing an interview with basically the exact scene that's like who was in charge um, when he was a thirteen year old kid <laughs> is fucking insanity, man. That that scene is probably one of the best of the year in my opinion um and then also seeing the like interview that these people had uh after the fact is just fucking insanity um in insane look into like sexual assault and like how this kid how this guy is just basically a kid still because he was never able to like emotionally grow up at all he had to like basically turn on adulthood right at 12 or 13 whatever age he was um and then like I think what what did she say? She's uh oh, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she basically says that she's naive, I think it is, and she's been naive her whole life, and that's kind of what makes her work Julianne Moore's character, that is. And just a f- I don't know, man. The whole time I'm watching this thing, I was like, This is so fucked up, this entire and I think that's obviously the point, but it was just like such an odd watch. I think this was a harder watch than like a lot of movies that are just gross and grotesque, but this is just like gross in a different way. Um, and, and then, like I said, seeing that it's based on like loosely based on a real story is just gross even more. Um, I will say I did watch this after uh, I, after the Purdue game. So maybe I'm not giving it as much respect as I, <laughs> as I should, as I was just like defeated. Um, but yeah, those are my general thoughts. Um, not a whole lot of spoilers to get into um but tyler you can give your overarching thoughts i know you already have kind of and then um we can do some spoilers afterwards yeah i'll just put up the spoilers now since i kind of already gave my non-spoiler thought like uh whatever it was two weeks ago three weeks ago but um yeah may december i don't know i was surprised at how much i did end up liking this and i'll say something that george said the 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 kind of soap opera aspect of it, the black comedy aspect of it. Cause I, this is cla- cla- categorized, you know, as a black comedy, which a lot of people I think like were like, disagreeing with on Twitter, but I was like, I don't know. Like clearly there's a lot of like 
intentionally satirical comedic moments. Comedy doesn't have to comedy doesn't mean it's lighthearted and funny and that you shouldn't take it seriously. Comedy can be devastating like it is in this. Um, but the soap opera moments definitely took me didn't take well i wouldn't say they took me out of it but they took me by surprise i was not expecting that because i saw this in a theater um and i, I was like whoa like i was <laughs> that that was kind of out of nowhere and i kind of wondered because the first time it hits is probably five-ish minutes and the hot dog scene is very early on in the movie so you're kind of wondering like okay is this going to be the whole rest of the movie they do use it pretty few and far between which i enjoy it i i, I didn't i see what they were going for i guess but i, I didn't love that aspect of it um so just kind of want to touch on that, but this movie is just devastating, man. Like Natalie Portman's turn as she goes through this chess match with Julianne Moore throughout this movie of just trying to figure out what makes her tick. But at the same time, Julianne Moore, you think is this naive woman who's kind of just laying it all out there. And you're like, wow, wow this woman's crazy, which she is. She's like crazy. She's disgusting and gross, but you kind of just think she's just like this rich privileged woman who's just letting it all out there. But then you kind of realize as the movie goes on, you know, she's being very calculated about what she's showing and what she's telling and what she's revealing to Natalie Portman. So it's kind of just this game of what's being revealed, what's not being revealed. Um, Natalie Portman making Daniel day Lewis look like a basic bitch when it comes to method acting. Like she, she goes all the way to hmm. freaking level 12 out of 10. Charles Melton. I loved right out of the theater. I was like, if he won best supporting actor, I'd be happy about it. Um, I don't really know what they do with the two leads. I think they're both great, but like, I, I don't know how you can make one supporting and one lead. Like they, they both got to be leads. Like, cause they're kind of like both. I don't know if you had to pick one, I'd probably say Natalie Portman's the lead since we kind of view the movie through her eyes. But yeah, it's going to be weird what they end up doing for nomination wise. But I thought the acting in this all around was great, especially the kids. I love the rooftop scene of uh, the kids smoking weed with his dad. And, mm -hmm. you know, I love the line. Like, am I, am I creating or, are we bonding right now? Or am I just creating a bad memory for you? I thought that was really great. Uh, I thought the final scene of this movie was so heartbreaking. Well, not the final scene. It's like the second to last scene. It was so heartbreaking at the graduation ceremony where Charles Melton's kids graduate. And you basically realize they are now mentally and emotionally more mature than he is and have basically mm. passed him in age, which is just so devastating to see. I just thought he was so good in this. I saw, I saw that it said he gained like 20 pounds or 30 pounds for this role. If I could gain 30 pounds and still look like that, I yeah, would give, I would give my left nut for that. Like like I swear like how like how was he he wasn't a twig before this? Like there, No, was, dude, was I was like, looking at pictures of him and I'm like this dude's got a nice jaw jaw. Yeah, and he still had a nice jawline in this movie. Like how do you yeah, even put on how do you put on 40 pounds and still look like <laughs> like that good? I was like I was like screw you, man. Like you're, you're too good looking. But uh yeah, this movie was just such a sick look at not only grooming culture and sexual assault but the glorification of the grotesque in the world today with movies being made about stuff that's crazy that happens obviously a big thing in, in the world is true crime right now and it's also becoming a big thing to critique true crime podcasts and true crime tv shows and movies mm -hmm. because you know what do they do like the craziest murder or sexual assault or the craziest most gross thing ever in the world happens and what do you do? You immediately rush to talk about it for two hours and and have sponsors and and ads and get money off of it and get views off of it and this is definitely another look at that as well because Natalie Portman is trying to make a movie about this woman who's doing something just despicable. Um, I think there's a lot of racial undertones in this movie as well, where they live in an affluent white community and Charles Melton comes from the one Asian family that uh, in the community, I think uh, that's definitely intentional as well. And it's just wild to see how they're all just living happy, like, you know, quote unquote happy in terms of that community, because 
the community kind of just accepted them at this point. It's been what, like 20 years they've been together. So they were yeah. all kind of like, yeah, they're the weird family. Um, it's just normal at this point. We don't think much of it when obviously it's very far from normal. And I think it's just a good analysis of society, how we treat, you know, group, like there's so many relationships that go on that you kind of, they kind of last for so long. You stop, don't look at, you know, how wrong it might end up being. Like there's plenty that film Twitter always talks about. I think the big one is like Aaron Taylor Johnson. You yeah, know? I saw that. We feel a lot but it's been going on you know for so long you kind of just like are like oh it's normal like they're they're an exception but like are they like you just never really know and that's kind of this movie just a fascinating look at that um yeah like there's just so many devastating moments in the movie the, the, the most has to be for me when she says like this is just what grown-ups do to charles melton like yeah man just like crushing this dude who's <laughs> emotionally the age of like 14 or 15 years old and like she's just using him and it's just one thing I kind of want to get your guys' interpretation on. If you remember, George, I know it's been probably a month or more for you and Cam. I know you watched it, you know, late last night or ever. Um, but like the end, like so. The one thing I still don't know, which I think I want to rewatch to understand, is so Julianne Moore has a son. Yeah, and basically they never like you kind of get the idea that he's a, a strange son. They never talk. They never see each other. But then at the end, he kind of is like. They tells be. natalie portman he's like we actually talk every day we're like best buds like i i don't know what to take she away reveals from that. that right like julianne moore reveals that to natalie right yeah julianne moore reveals yeah. that and then she, i think the son I, says something to natalie portman on the bench before that that like adds confusion to the relationship yeah, i kind of took that together? as just like like you said tyler and i said it earlier where she she is naive or says she's naive but like she knows it um and then you said like she's actually very calculated and and just kind of a like she's very methodical and just like she she probably knows she's doing the shitty thing but like she wants it to happen and she's gonna make it happen no matter what and she like plays everyone else like a puppet basically and like you said lives on this island where everyone's kind of accepted it at this point and she's almost manipulated them to make it seem like it's been accepted and she's almost like manipulated natalie portman to make her make natalie portman think she's naive um and then she's actually got this much more methodical thinking and she's good friend good, or not good friends but like talks to her son every day who by the way um played by shit i looked at charles melton's filmography so i'm off the screen played by Corey michael smith uh the riddler from gotham it's the first time i've ever seen him in anything else so yeah hell yeah you <laughs> um but yeah i think it's more just like she's had this methodical like planning of life this entire time and she's planned out every moment after prison and knows how she's going to skate by like inviting inviting a an actress to your life even though like you've done this crazy thing is is absurd in the first place but i think that kind of is the reveal that like she knew what she was doing the whole time and was fine with this actress coming onto onto the island and seeing them mm -hmm. it's kind of what i took away if that's uh the answer I thought the final, the very last scene was so funny how like she goes through all this effort to be this method actress and ends up being like, like, it just looks like a soap opera, it's like, like a lifetime, lifetime movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, and I didn't remember this, but I saw someone tweet it. So they said like, I think one of the movies that Natalie Portman's character was in was Nora's arc or something. So clearly she's like probably a very C tier actress is in these like spaghetti movies that aren't, aren't that great, but like she's treating her like life as if she's the most serious like the daniel day lewis of her society but she ends up being in just the most like cheesy corny basic movies ever 
And uh, she goes through all this crazy psychotic effort just to be in a movie that looks like it's, you know, $20,000 production that's going to be on, you know, Hallmark or like True mm-hmm. TV or something like never going to even make a theatrical release. So I thought that was just like a, a funny way to end it. And the ending also, someone made this comparison. Um, it reminded me a lot of blowouts ending we talked about, you know, where it's kind of like you're you go through all this and you kind of have to deal with all the torture you just put yourself through in order to get to where you are. And that's kind of Natalie Portman kind of similar to the end of blowout where he, you know, he goes through all that to get those screams and he's just hearing it in the movie over and over. But uh, I think Natalie Portman's a lot less remorse or less remorseful than John Travolta would be. But I was surprised how much I like this. Honestly, I'll be interested to see how it goes throughout award season. I feel like every year we see movies that pick up, pick a momentum, then lose momentum and then movies will come out of nowhere still. And I'm sure like the golden globes will throw a big wrench into things. Like it's always fun to track those things. Uh, I think a lot of people talked about barbarian last year, how casting uh, Bill Skarsgård, is that the one who plays Pennywise? Is it Bill? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Casting him was such a great idea because you think like, Oh, he's like the villain because he's, you know, play this villain, villainous guy. I think Charles Melton's just as spirited as a casting decision. Like, obviously, everyone only knows him from Riverdale. So, in your mind, you associate him with a teen who's not really an adult, makes dumb little kid decisions. And so, putting him in the movie like this, where he's a full fledged adult with kids that are graduating high school, is just like it's a great juxtaposition for the audience to see that and really kind of help hammer home the point they're trying to make. Mm-hmm. Um, also, writing credit, there's a first written movie by these two writers. So the two writers were Alex, Alex mechanic and Sammy Birch. Um, so Alex mechanic has no other writing credits credits. <laughs> Sammy Birch only has one other one. And that only other act writing credit is coyote versus Acme. The movie that was scrapped by Max. Oh, so excited to see it now. This is a, this is all she's made, but this movie yeah. is written like four years ago. I just found out about something called the blacklist. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. It's for you've never heard of the blacklist. Not, the, I'm not talking about the TV show. I'm talking oh, about okay. Sorry, your people in the like, industry. I don't know if if you play sports growing up in America, you know what huddle is. It's where you like put your film mm-hmm. tape, and then coaches can look at it when they're scouting you. It's kind of the film version of that. Like the screenplay was put on there in 2020, and basically producers in the industry have to pay like fifty dollars to read it. Like people can put their screenplay up there, and people in the industry have to pay to read these screenplays. But it's kind of like where you put your stuff. You're like, hey, got the screenplay out here. People in the industry pay money, and they can read it, and then be like, yeah, we want to pick you up. So four years ago, this was put on the blacklist. Um, but I just found out about that. It's like the huddle version for people yeah. in the industry to just put up their tape in like a serious way for people in the industry. I think the reason the only like $50 is so minor cost for people in the industry, but I feel like the only people they person they the reason they do that is because they don't just want every average Joe just to go on there and be like, yeah, look at my acting tape, man. Like yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be more serious than that. But yeah, I've rambled about this movie too long. I had a blast with it. Um, yeah. We'll see what comes of it. But uh, right yeah. now it's definitely seeing his time in the spotlight. I do think I do think it'll win my guess is that at least two Oscars for something, whether it's writing. I can't think of anything else for original screenplay that would be Yeah, compi- I don't because adapted's the stacked one this year. Does this right? count as adapted if it's based on a true story? I know it's not it's not fully based. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think, yeah, I think it's just if you steal something from an interview, I feel like you gotta make it. I feel like it's gotta be adapted. But um but like no, Oppenheimer Killers, oh, The Flower and Barbie, lives. those are all adapted. It's uh, past lives. See, I feel like past lives in May, December will probably yeah, be the two past big. Past lives, they're going to be yeah. the two big original ones. ones. Or Anatomy of a Fall, depending on how much steam that gets going into that. Oscar season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that one yet, but I, I've heard nothing but good things. Um, 
Okay. That, yeah, that, that's our review of May, December. So four and a half out of five from, um, from Tyler, uh, 82 ish out of hundred for me, by the time this goes up, I'll have everything on letterboxd <laughs> see what I actually rate everything. Um, and then a three and a half out of five for, for George, but I think we all enjoyed May, December moving on now. Um, we're done with movies. Oh, best Christmas ever is ass crack and should never <laughs> be watched by anyone. It's really bad. Um, but yeah, that's the okay now we're done with movies um trailers though george furiosa came out yeah. i know you're amped i know you're pumped um what are what are your thoughts on furiosa yeah that was like the most i got i posted my trailer reaction after i posted mm-hmm. my trailer reaction for the last airbender and for uh furiosa i got so many instagram dms people being like dude that was the most animated i'd ever seen you for a trailer <laughs> reaction and it's like it's just a couple of smiles throughout the trailer reaction. It's not even that much. Um, yeah, I'm I'm so, so excited. I mean, I've logged Fury Road, I think, eight times on Letterboxd, but I've seen it. If I had Letterboxd maybe a year or two earlier, it would have it would probably be at like 20 logs right now. Um, it's maybe my favorite action movie of all time. I, I absolutely love that this this post-apocalyptic world that George Miller has built. Um, and I, I saw a tweet that said, are, are George Miller and James Cameron, the only like two blockbuster filmmakers working that are like still in charge of their franchises, um, obviously being avatar and, and the, the, the Mad Max franchise, um, which I think is awesome, even though I don't love the avatar movies. Um, I think it's awesome that George Miller still like has this passion towards this, this universe and he still wants to make these movies and he's not phoning it in by any means. Obviously I think Fury Road is top 20 all time. Um, I think that's one of the greatest action movies ever made. So I'm really excited. I think the trailer looked absolutely dynamite. Um, Anya Taylor joy just looks perfect for the role of Furiosa. This feels like a significantly more physical role than she's had in the past. Um, so I'm really excited to see like the physicality of this role that 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 um, that it demands. And then Chris Hemsworth, I think this is just like I don't know. This plays into like his Australian side of life just so well, I think. And I think this is just going to be such a. I, I did not know he was in this movie until the trailer came out. To be quite honest, really? Either, honestly, I, I, yeah, I didn't. Oh. Like, this- I, there was there was he missed the press tour for something the strike no 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 no. (laughs) it it was because he was in australia filming this movie i forgot what he missed it for um but that's i had i didn't know like originally that he was in this movie until i saw that news that was like chris hemsworth won't attend these press tours because he's out filming in in australia yeah Yeah, i did not realize he was in this movie um everyone on twitter keeps like complaining about the cgi Go back and watch the Fury Road trailer. They look the exact same, like digitally. Um, and I, I don't know that of of everything to critique from the Mad Max saga. I think the CGI is just like the laziest thing to do because mm. just go watch Fury Road. Go watch Mad Max Two. Like these movies take place decades apart, and they both look just brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really really excited for Furiosa. I love the Fury Road. I love the 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 practical effects of everything, uh, and this trailer just looked just banging. I watched it four hundred times since its release already. It just looks so goddamn good. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think it looks fantastic. I love. I 
I love Mad Max. It's so good. I got to rewatch it. Uh, I, I've seen, I think I've seen it twice, but each time I watch it, I'm like, this is fantastic. I got to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a while. I think Anya Taylor, Anya Taylor Joy is one of the best working actresses right now. So it can't, can't go wrong from that aspect. Um, I'm interested to see Chris Hemsworth, like not in a Thor movie or a, uh, or a, uh, extraction, uh, extraction movie. I, I feel like that those are the only movies I've ever seen him in. Um, but it, it, I think it'll be good. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Um, but I, I don't have much more than you, George Tyler, anything. Yeah. Just, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know what psycho you did to Chris Hemsworth, but I, he's just poisoned in my brain where like, I'm, I'm hoping he's going to be good in this. I think it will be, but in my mind, I just see like the Thor love and thunder Thor Ragnarok Thor. I'm not saying Thor Ragnarok's a bad movie. I'm just saying like Ragnarok's his right. comedic personality. I'm like, how will this work? And it looks like he's going to have a little flair to him and, I think he's a pretty funny, funny guy. Right. But I don't know. It's just like, it's just going to be hard for me to detach him from like the latest we've seen from Thor. Mm -hmm. I still think I'm I'm excited to see him, but I saw him in the trailer. I'm like, this is giving me Thor love and thunder vibes. Like when I saw him, I'm like, which isn't good, but like not the movie itself. I think Fieros looks great. Anya Taylor-Joy, I think is going to crush this. I can't wait Mm -hmm. for a way to see her in this. I need to rewatch Fury Road. It's been a while. I think we all agreed before the pod that we don't know if our significant others would like it or not. We don't really think they would, but I might, I might get make Riley uh, give it a try. We'll see how it goes, but beautiful movie. I think this movie is going to be just as beautiful. Um, This is not the first or the last time we've seen unfinished CG in a trailer. So yeah. Fury Road is going to bang though. When does it come out? Like March, 2024. Yeah. Dude, we're getting we're getting Dune and Furiosa and like not even like maybe a week apart I think or two weeks That's apart. crazy I think it this might have like release with like three other movies I can't remember but I think it has big release date um, if I'm not mistaken maybe I saw that wrong but I, I yeah I think most of us are very excited I know Seth's excited it looks great um, yeah. expecting expecting very big things from this moving on did we I I might have missed this one did we get a Rebel Moon part part one uh new trailer this week all right i missed that one george give your thoughts uh i mean the, yeah there's there's not much like it's still rebel moon yeah it's still rebel moon there's not much more to it than the, the the first main trailer that we had gotten which was like a trailer for both parts um it just kind of shows off more so just like Zack snyder's style mm-hmm. um which obviously turn a lot of people yeah. off turn a lot of people on kind of depends what side of the road you sit on with Zack snyder um, I'm seeing a lot of reviews already, like early reviews yeah. that say like, seen that. this is the most Zack Snyder, Zack snyder movie you could imagine. So like, if you don't like his style, if you don't like his darkness, if you don't like his, his slow-mo or any of that stuff, you're not going to like this movie. But if you buy into Zack Snyder's, um, you know, vision of like what he sees as this Star Wars epic, then I think you're going to like it. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I'm hoping I can get to a theater before it releases on Netflix because I believe it releases theatrically on the 15th and then on Netflix the 22nd. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So um, I'd be I'd be very curious to see like the box office numbers. I feel like most people are just going to wait for the Netflix release since it's only like a week apart. Mm-hmm. I, I will probably wait for the Netflix release. Sorry. <laughs> apparently it's connected to like the Army of the Dead universe. I didn't really know that, but they're apparently in the same universe. That's such bullshit. Yeah, that's, I've seen that, dude. That's no such way. bullshit. They're on different... <laughs> you can say anything when you're out. Yeah. You can be like, yeah, it's connected to that. Like, yeah. off, yeah. That's like God saying all of Jordan universe. Peele's movies are in the same universe. Like, okay. Don't well, people say that, though? Or yeah, am people I say it all the time. Yeah. yeah I just think it's the Earth. biggest bullshit. Yeah, because they're all just on Earth. Places on Earth, yeah. But... Oh, man. Tyler, anything? 
No, nah, nothing else. I, I don't know. I, I think it'll be like a 3.5 out of 5. Right? Nah, I'm not really 5 out of 5. Five. Five. This, this is about to sweep <laughs> in. Oh, yeah. the, uh, Oppenheimer better watch out. It's about to pick up all the Oscars. <laughs> all the technical Oscars. They're lucky yeah. I'm not in the Academy. I'd be voting for Rebel Moon for everything. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right. Uh, moving on. Next next movie or trailer. Not movie, I guess. Uh, Ted. This Poop. Ant- this TV show. I think I laughed at like one. I didn't laugh once. That looked yeah. so bad. There's like a, yeah, there was like a jerking off joke or something that made me laugh. I, think that's, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, I might watch it though. I don't know. Like, I just feel like I might throw it on. The thing I, I don't love Mark Wahlberg. So maybe without him, it might actually be better. Honestly. Yeah. I'm not a huge Mark Wahlberg guy either, but I, I don't know. I don't hate him, I guess. Um, I, I actually do. I actually, I take that back. I think I do like him a good, in most things not everything but i think i saw he has a movie coming out like the end of this month that looks yeah it's like garbage a, wait, wait wait is that the dog one or is that a different one i don't oh, know i God. thought i just saw his face the on dog the one i'm too. excited for because it's a dog okay <laughs> maybe it was that one yeah but, hell yeah but yeah mark Wahlberg, whatever but ted i don't know i'm gonna watch it i, I didn't can't remember where i ranked ted one and ted two i think i know one of them I, I liked and then the other one i didn't like i think it's ted one i liked ted two i didn't like but uh yeah, we'll see how it goes without Mark Wahlberg. Seth MacFarlane just works for me. Like his accents just like work for me. I enjoy them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's funny in a lot of things, but uh, I don't know if I love Ted. I think they're fine. Um, the second one is only good for that uh, stand-up comedy bit. I think that that clip goes viral <laughs> once a week. Yeah, it's hilarious. Don't get me wrong. It's always it's funny. funny. <laughs> it's the only funny part. Of that it is I never think. not that and yeah, the the F that, Scott Fitzgerald scene. I don't even like that one. Oh, I think that's I hilarious. Think that's funny, I see I, that one on tw- on uh, on TikTok literally like once a week, and I just laugh every single time. That's fair. It's like, well, why'd um, you say fuck him? What? Yeah. <laughs> and that they also get rid of Mila Kunis in that one, or maybe she. I don't yeah, know, poor I don't choice. Know um, but yeah, I, who cares? I don't know. <laughs> enjoy it, enjoy it, Tyler. I'm not going to be watching this. One. <laughs> uh, the Fallout series coming to Prime. Any any opinions on this? Did you play the video game? I did not. Um, I I, I, I wonder if Seth did because he's a big big video game guy. Yeah, but he is. I wonder if he did. I don't even. There know were always games was. that looked appealing to me. Like the Fallout games always looked like I was like, if I liked video games, that seems like a fun open world like game to get into. But I'm just not mm. a gaming guy. Yeah. Um. But the the show, I know I have friends like in my friend group chat that like played Fallout and are excited for the show and they're really hyped up by the trailer so if you're uh listening to this and you're a fan of the show or a fan of the game and saw the trailer let us know what you think because at least from my world my small view of it uh, it seems like the people i know that are fans of it are excited for the show and think it looks good whereas like shows like halo just got a perfect season two where i know fans of halo did not like that show so video game adaptations are always sketchy but i think uh, it's looking promising for people fans of fallout at least so far but that's really all i have Mm-hmm. I saw a good reaction to it online. I just, I, I like I said, I haven't played the game, so I'm not right. 100% certain if it's for me. I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. Um, but I think it'll, it'll bring in numbers. I'm sure just cause there, it is such a massive game. Uh, anything else, George? I didn't watch the trailer. Never played Perfect. fallout. I didn't even know it was a video game until like, you know, last night. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Um, and then house of the dragon season two, which I think we're all excited for. Uh, when does that release again? March? No, summer. Oh, summer no, 20, no, summer. Hell yeah. We'll see cuz they they filmed throughout the whole actors and writers strike, so we'll see how that goes. Yep, they were not they were well, they given an exemption or yeah. non-struck or something like that. Um How are they non-struck? Isn't this Well, a... they both certainly weren't non-struck, but I think it was cuz it was overseas. 
Uh, it's got it's got some it had some bullshit there's something weird yeah they were able to able to record uh early summer 2024 is all that's been released for it i think it looks awesome uh for those that have read the book probably know what's coming i have not uh i'm not a source material guy it seems (laughs) because i haven't seen any of these source materials things but um um i i think it looks really really fantastic um that shot of rhaenyra and allison on their dragons on the beach staring mm-hmm. at each other that goes yep. that went crazy dude the shot they had the big ass dragon yeah. that flies by. <laughs> no offense to that dragon it kind of looks like it's struggling to get off the <laughs> get off the ground man it's i little, think it's too big for its good too chunky good. too chunky yeah but that i think that looks awesome uh matt smith what's his character's name the damon hey, Damon, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his big ass dragon. Damon. Right? No, I thought that was Aegon's dragon. I thought he had that one. No. Because sure. yeah, he kills the kid with it. Yeah, Aegon does, not Damon. Oh, was that not Damon? No, 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 no. Aegon. Allison's oh, son. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. okay. I gotta I'll rewatch uh House of the Dragon season one before going to season two, because I, I don't remember it enough. Um, but I think it looks really good. News. Jordan Peele, next horror film, and Robert Eggers, Nosferatu, both set to release on Christmas Day, 2024. Uh, Tyler, you said it yourself. Um, Mr. Good uh, Ari Aster needs to needs to book the date. Have it a three-peat three day um, uh, would be good fun, but for now, that's That'd really be an absurd triple feature. That'd be crazy. That'd, That'd be, be crazy. a crazy, especially to leave like a Thanksgiving dinner to go for a Peele-Eggers-Aster. Christmas dinner, my bad. Yeah, you're good. Uh, your your mind would be messed up for a week. Yeah. At least. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like we said, looks awesome. Or, or wait, I, I I just black blinked out there and ignore me. Just I got distracted and just said my normal bullshit. Um, but that should be something. Sebastian Stancast is Donald Trump and The Apprentice. Uh, I believe. Um, what's his name from? The session also was cast. Yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy Strong. Strong. Jeremy Strong was also cast in that. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know what this is. Sure, good for you, Sebastian Stan. We'll see how how well he does. But um, did anyone see Tommy and Pam? Yeah, Pam, I did. Pam and Tommy. Yeah, is he good in that? He's very good in that. Yeah, he's yeah, really good. I thought good. He, he's he, a really great actor. Like he when really you, is. When you pull out, when you pull back on it, like the fact that he's you know the Winter Soldier and in Marvel, he's really great in a lot of things. I think thought he was fantastic, fresh. Um, so I, I, I expect him to do well. Uh, Bradley Cooper says he would rather see the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year than win an Oscar for Best Actor, Best uh, Director, Carrie Mulligan, Best Actress, all of those. Hey, true guy's guy. Not there. true. A true guy's guy right there. No, he's lying. Um, he's lying to all of our faces because he doesn't want to sound arrogant. I don't know. I think maybe he got, he spends like all Eagles his time guy. at those Eagles games. He, mm-hmm. He's Eagles people from guy. Philly are crazy. That's, yeah, that's something that's for sure. People from he, Philly he are did wild. follow it up with saying I'm sick. So yeah, I yeah. He's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sick. sick I'm head. sick of the head. I just don't yeah. buy it. Like I just don't. But like, like this is his passion project. Like there's no way. I don't know. Well, man. I mean, the Super Bowl will happen before the Oscars, so he can put his money where his mouth is. And if the Eagles win the Super Bowl and they give him the Oscar, he should go up on stage and be like. I declined this Oscar. Whoever was second place, <laughs> please take it. Same thing yeah. with Carrie Mulligan. He has to pull a Kanye West moment if Carrie Mulligan wins and go up and be like, Carrie, I'm sorry, but you don't. <laughs> you don't get this. I'm sorry. Natalie Portman had the best acting performance all year. <laughs> Cut the stage. 
that'd be, that'd be crazy. That'd be yeah. awesome. I want I want another like Chris Rock Will Smith moment this year. Just not yeah, a not a not domestic violence or not abuse or assault, but just something. Something like crazy. I want someone to truly like stand up mid speech and be like, "You don't deserve it," or something <laughs> like that. That'd be awesome. I would love that. Um, moving on, uh, George Santos movie uh, coming from the Veep creators. George, the New York guy, what are your thoughts on this one? It's just crazy how fast they are on top of this. Right before the pod, one of you mentioned the, the GameStop movie where like they, they announced the GameStop movie before that situation even fucking ended. This this is like still brewing. Like George Santos just got removed from Congress, what, like two days ago? Not even? Mm-hmm. Or yesterday? But I think that's needed because like like I, I think we I've said this before. Um like what's his name mr beast his squid games came out like two months after the squid game show at a good time this squid game uh reality show aside from all the bad things i guess that it would like went on during it it's just out like squid games was two three years ago at this point it's not relevant anymore i don't care for this reality show so i kind of i'm okay with them jumping on it it's still going to be made in like two years it's not going to be a quick turnaround but i Mm. i would love I, I, it's going to be one of those things like when it comes out, we're going to think, man, that was a while ago. A, a million bad things have happened in the world since. <laughs> right, and yeah. I've just like forgotten about this one dude who <laughs> uses money for only fans. Like I forgot <laughs> about this guy. Uh, it's like the same thing as the, the purge movies, honestly, since I just rewatched that franchise, like after the purge <sighs> two, I think it just fully becomes a, the movie just fully become, copying exactly what's happened in the political climate like the yeah. whole donald trump election and the whole like seizing the the capital like the purge basically just anytime anything crazy happened with the whole donald trump administration they're like perfect that's the script for the next movie <laughs> this is so it's just like yeah nowadays like anything that happens people just have to jump on immediately but it's just funny because that's kind of like the whole may december thing of it too where it's just like something crazy happens in the world and the first thing like all the producers do is you know call the call their bank and just say like all right we gotta throw money at this let's throw money at this fast before anything even happens yeah, Veep, Veep creators got to assume it'll be pretty damn good. Um, I, I've heard nothing but good things about that show. But uh, Bradley Cooper says he would do a Hangover 4 in an instant. Love do you it. guys want this? I don't Love care it. for the Hangover franchise as much as you guys, I think. But um, is this something you would see? First one is an all-timer. Second one is just rinse and repeat, so it's nothing great. Third one, terrible. But I would love a fourth one. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just would. I just think they're so funny. Like, no matter how bad the thing the third one is, I think it's still a fucking hilarious movie. Yeah, because Zach Galifianakis really hasn't escaped the comedic role that he was in in that. And then Ed Helms and Bradley Cooper are still very active in the acting community. So it's not like any of them would have to dust off the acting chops at all. They just got to sign the contract and they'd be good. And just they play themselves in these movies anyways. Yeah, I have no clue what the plot could be or what you're going to go for there. Uh, I know... who wasn't Todd Phillips the one who made those movies yeah. and he's, he's doing Joker. So maybe after Joker two comes out, maybe you can get on the phone with Bradley Cooper, but Such uh, a wild film. I'll, I'll never not Marvel at his filmography it includes the hangover. Um, what's that old raunchy comedy that he did accepted maybe or something. Who? Todd Phillips. Oh, he did like an old raunchy know. comedy and then he did war dog old school, old maybe school. Old yeah. Time. He did old school. Um, and then he did War Dog stinks. Oh, stop it! War Dog oh, is awesome. War Dog is awesome. Oh my I'm god! I'm anti War Dogs. Okay, 
man. <laughs> yeah, I bet he did. And now he's buddy. doing Joker. Joker, well, yeah, bud. Chief. <laughs> Pal. Good one. <laughs> Cam hates Anadarmus confirmed. <laughs> she learned English on that movie. Did you know? <laughs> she only knew her lines. That's that's the fun fact that everyone always Stupid said fun fact. Yeah. I know English. No one marvels at me. Jesus. <laughs> I speak I speak English pretty well. I guess. Uh moving on from that. <laughs> Uh, some nerd news. Michael Waldron to write both the Avengers Age, Age Hang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. Um, good news. I think this was a while ago, but we didn't really get to talk about it. Yeah, this is good news. And I think a lot of it is because um, at least it has someone who understands what they're doing yeah. and understands the universe a little bit rather than just trying to throw in a big name just for shits and gigs. Um because we, we've seen Loki, uh, which is great, in my opinion. Um, Loki season two, uh, he was a showrunner on less. I think he was a writer on Loki season one and just the showrunner on two, yeah. or maybe he was just showrunner on both, but both great things. I like Multiverse of Madness more than most. I think most can agree it's not awful um, compared to like uh, a lot of things, a couple of things we've gotten recently from the MCU. Um, I think the multiverse of madness discourse is so funny because like yeah. MCU fans hate it, but like non-MCU fans like it because of Sam Raimi's style. That's fair. It's I, like the funniest thing. It's like the funniest thing watching MCU haters like praise an MCU movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I, I think and I think the reveal of Scarlet Witch being at, like that wasn't at the time. I feel like we don't give it credit for like that. That wasn't in any of the trailers or anything. No. You probably could have guessed it, but that was a cool reveal at the time. I thought um, I was a fan of that one. Um, and then the movie's not perfect by any means, but I do enjoy it. And then Agatha Dark World of Diaries teaser trailer. I'm going to give it a chance, but uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm it's definitely going to give it a chance. <laughs> yeah, it's another one of those side characters I don't know if they can really, really do anything about. But also, like, I thought the same thing before. I, 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 Me and a lot of others probably thought the same thing about Loki. Like, how are you going to give them this? I, I think if they make the show good, it's not an issue. But if you keep giving us these side characters that aren't good, then who gives a shit? Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see about that one. Yeah. That could be... That's a big question mark. I saw a lot of people are upset, questioning, like, why are we giving Agatha a TV show, but why are we not giving White Vision, or whatever his name was, the Vision from... I think um, they were supposed to, weren't they? Yeah, they like were... Paul Bettany doesn't want to get in that fucking suit anymore. Yeah. That's CGI. <laughs> Wait, wasn't there a time where White Vision was going to be a show? Did they scrap that yeah, or something? Yeah, I think that got scrapped. A lot of shows probably should get scrapped. From I think they should just stop. I don't know. I, I, I didn't think Agatha was like, and obviously, it was WandaVision was not an Agatha show, but I just mm -hmm. didn't think it was interesting enough, or she as a character yeah. was interesting enough. I love Catherine Hahn, I will say. Yeah, so I love her, too. I think she's big fantastic. Big fan of Catherine Hahn. What did I just um, see her in? She was just in um, The Holiday. Yeah, she's, she has a small oh, role. Oh, really? In, yeah, okay. she had a very small role in The Holiday, and I was like, oh, shit, she looks yeah, mighty. Yeah, I think she's hilarious in all of, like, and, like, Parks and Rec and, and um, uh, Step Brothers and... Um, a lot of other things that I can't think of right now. I think she's genuinely hilarious actress. I just, I, I, I don't know if I can get behind this one. We'll see. I'll still watch it. Of course, you know how I would be um, moving on. We're going to, like I said, we're going to switch uh, the real quick, like Patreon recommendation, put it in the in the actual episode. And then we'll do my fun little game for the, um, for, for the real quick this week. So Connor Covington or Con 
I don't know how to pronounce this. Connaughton, I'm go- I'm thinking Connor Connington, um, gave us this recommendation of a, a draft of our favorite acting performance. I just figured we could keep it more of a discussion. We do drafts a lot. Um, don't want them to get like too stale. So if you ever want to recommend, if you you don't have to recommend, I think everyone recommends drafts because they're the easiest. You don't have to recommend drafts if you ever want to recommend like a like a discussion that we could use for an episode or anything like that. So we're just going to keep this maybe top three, top five, whatever you guys have doesn't even have to be top. Um, But George, I know you had a list. So if you just want to throw out your acting performances, um, we'll spend about 10 minutes talking this and then wrap up the show. I am. I'm not going to give you, I'm I'm going to change up a bit. I know you said like, I'm going to stick with like favorites. Like I'm not going like all time best. So I'm going to throw out like, obviously on my list would be Heath Ledger's Joker, Daniel Day-Lewis, and There Will Be Blood. But I want to throw out just like some miscellaneous yeah. acting performances that I just fucking adore. The first one, uh, Kate Hudson in After in, uh, in Almost Famous. I just watched that movie th- for the first time like maybe three or four weeks ago, and I just I fell in love with the movie. I fell in love with her in this role. I think she's just absolutely stunning. Um this is more mainstream, but and Cam, I'm sure you were gonna throw this out. Paul Mescal in After Sun. I I really think that that's just such a heartbreaking and just beautiful performance, and I think he works so well with Frankie Corio. I think their chemistry in that is just fucking mesmerizing. Um, I know we just spent a lot of time talking about Natalie Portman, so I'm gonna throw out her performance in Annihilation because I think that's one of the performances in her career that just she is obviously one of the greatest actresses of all time. And I think black Swan is her best role. Um, and obviously she's getting a lot of praise for, um, May, December. And then she also has, um, black Swan. yeah, black Swan, uh, lay on the professional. She's has, she has so many fantastic performances. And I feel like her performance in annihilation, just the really Phantom Rent, the phantom menace. Yeah, Of course. Of course. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Um, another movie I recently watched, um, Maybe not recently. This was probably a couple of months back. Um, but Spike Lee's Crooklyn. Um, I want to throw out Delroy Lindo in that role. I think he is just beautiful in in that role in, in capturing this 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 battered man who's just trying to keep his, his hopes alive. Uh, him and Defy Blood should have been nominated. One of yeah, completely agree. Absurd. Yeah, just a ridiculous so fucking snub on that. Um, Koji Yakusho from uh, Kyoshi Kurosawa's Cure is another performance I want to throw out. He's also in uh, Perfect Days from this year. Um, so two performances that I really, really adore from him. Greta Gerwig and Francis Ha. And sorry, I'm rambling. You guys can cut me off. Whenever. No, you're fine. Keep going. Um, Greta Gerwig and Francis Ha. I just it, I, it it's it's another performance like Kate Hudson and Almost Famous, where it's just like a very comforting performance, like. I just find a lot of comfort in this character and and, and her journey, and I just I, I just I fell in love with with Greta Gerwig the second I watched this movie. Um, two more that I want to throw out. I'm throwing out. Everyone's got Killian Murphy from Oppenheimer on their minds, but Killian Murphy in Sunshine is just a really really good performance. I think he he. I don't want to say he carries that movie because I think Rose Byron, Chris Evans, Michelle Yeoh, Cliff Curtis, I think the whole cast in that film is just fucking amazing. But I do think Killian Murphy is the standout there. Um, And then another performance that I don't think this one gets thrown under the radar, but I just think it's another another role where Kurt Russell just has so many iconic roles. 
um, that a lot of people forget um, his just brilliant performance in um, uh, Escape from New York, which I just think he's just it's just like the most badass performance out there. And I just fucking love it. It's like yeah. it's one of those performances where it's like it's not it was never going to gain any Oscar buzz or anything like that. But it's just like every time I watch Escape from New York, I'm like, damn, he's just so good as this like this badass character. Like he's he's it's like uh, it's like Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Like it's just he's just so good at just being like this man's man, like this like really badass um, <laughs> uh, character. Um, but those are just some of like my favorites that I want to throw out. Obviously, a ton more like Saoirse Ronan and Lady Bird, um, Herschel Ali in Moonlight, um, Dev Patel in The Green Knight. There's just there's a lot of like miscellaneous performances that I can list out, but I'll let you guys go for a little bit. Yeah, Tyler, throw out some names. This is just guys like saying random. Just acting. guys talking about acting performances. Yeah, that's all <laughs> yeah like, yeah, I'll kind of do a George that I guess kind of go over some ones that maybe aren't talked about the most because obviously I, one of my favorites of all time, probably my favorite of all time is There Will Be Blood, Daniel Day-Lewis and Edward Norton and American History X. But I feel like we've talked about those a ton. So little ones we haven't talked about quite as much. Like Joaquin Phoenix and her, I think might be one of his best, if not his best performance ever. Uh, he's incredible in that. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen and... Uh, another round and the hunt. I always think one of the most unfortunate things about Mad Mads Mikkelsen's filmography is all his best films are international films. So I think the majority of people don't really get to ever see his full range and full potential as an actor. Cause I think at least his top two performances are kind of stuck in a, in, you know, a different language where most people aren't really going to be watching them as much as, you know, fantastic beasts and uh, <laughs> secrets of Dumbledore type movies. And Dr. Strange. <laughs> yeah, that too. Did and, you see uh, he, he Raz actually... Agul. Someone asked him in an interview, like, why do people keep casting him as, like, the, the villain in, like, American it's, movies? It's voice. Yeah, he said it's because of his accent. People just love, like, that menacing, um, yeah. what is he, Norwegian or something? Whatever he is, people like that menacing, like, accent of his. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, let's see. What else do I kind of want to give Danish. a shout out? Danish. Danish. Some, uh, some more shout outs. Let's, uh, let's go... Let's see. I'm just scrolling through my movies list, trying to pick out ones that I feel like we just don't talk about enough because there's obviously a ton of movies we love that I feel like we never really get time to put in the spotlight. Um, I love Drive My Car. That's like one of the most like underrated movies. I feel like in terms of no one talked about it after the Oscar buzz kind of died down by Ryuzuke Hamaguchi. I think the acting performances by both the leads, uh, the actor and the actress, I don't have their names pulled up, but were incredible. I haven't seen anything else I think either of them were in. Um, when uh, does Evil Does Not Exist come out for everyone? What is oh is that the Ryazuki Hamaguchi movie yeah. from uh, New York Film Festival? Yeah, I don't know if that I don't know if that's going to be released this year like yeah. wide, but obviously I think since it was at a film festival, I think for Oscars it would have to be this year. Yeah, but I haven't heard any buzz about it, so I doubt it'll be getting any Oscar buzz. Um, a movie Cam always shouts out, but I think the acting in Hell or High Water is great. Love that Hell movie. Yeah, the writing yeah. in it's great as well. Um, Shout out to in the mood for love is just a quaintly devastating yeah. movie that's just so softly performed but so well done. Good shout, good shout. Um, Carrie Mulligan, a promising young woman. I think she just commands respect that entire time. Out. Just yeah. absolutely dominant yeah. performance. Inside Lewin Davis is probably my favorite uh, acting performance from uh, blanking Oscar on his Isaac. name, Oscar Isaac. Oscar. Probably my favorite performance from him is in, uh, in Inside Lewin Davis, which is again another movie similar to um, In the Mood for Love, where it's like they never really have that screaming in the church scene like daniel day lewis but their performance is just so incredible throughout um which is exactly the same exact thing and say for walking phoenix and come on come on 
such a great performance in that. And the kids, kid actors around him really are great in that too, which kind of, if they weren't, then the movie would not really have such an impact. So that, that was incredible as well. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of just going through my movies. That's pretty much all the ones I mainly wanted to shout out out of my like top movies here. Mm-hmm. Trying to see if there's any, like, I kind of want to shout out like a comedic performance. Honestly, I talked about it last year on a TikTok and I saw it in like my, like one year ago today, but Jim Carrey and the Grinch. Awesome. I love Jim Carrey's performance in that. He, uh, that's definitely, that's a role where like, if you didn't have someone commit as hard as he did and pull it off the way he did, the movie would be like a one out of five. Like it could, yeah. it could have just been so bad if he didn't give a Joker esque performance, honestly, inside of that green little fuzzy cat suit, <laughs> um, but just an incredible job. And, and he, I mean, everyone always talks about the Truman show, of course. And, uh, um, what's that other one I'm blanking on? Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Everyone's yeah. always like, Jim Carrey has acting chops. Look at these. But like, he, he's even in comedic roles where people don't give people as much credit. Like, he, he is always banging. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Cam, uh, Cam, what are some you want to shout out? And then Hereditary. We always talk yeah. about that one, but Tony Collette, so good. My number one will always probably be like Heath Ledger's Joker, just because um, I love you know joker and heath ledger so i think it just uh like i love that movie and i love joker i think that just works you know but that's like you said a one we always bring up um ryan ryan gosling in la la land's one of my favorite of all time um i think one of my favorite voice actings uh, again soul jamie fox i think is probably my favorite um the big sick i love uh love both performances uh camille nashiani most specifically though uh, I think he's amazing. Uh, Carrie Mulligan, um, you mentioned a promising young woman is so goddamn good. One of my favorites of all time. Shout out to uh, John Favreau. Not, a, not much of an actor, but in chef, I think he's absolutely amazing. It's one of, my, uh, definitely one of, up there for one of my favorites. Um, especially in like more underground, I could shout out Ryan Gosling forever, but Blade Runner 2049, <laughs> I think is his best, his best performance. Um, couple others to throw out there from last year. Um, definitely my favorite performance, but Stephanie Sue and everything everywhere all at once, of course, has to be noted. Um, is she in that new, she's in that new movie with Brian Gosling, right? Fall guy or whatever. I I didn't, I don't think so. Maybe Emily Blunt's in it. I know that. I I don't know if she is. That's all I know about the movies. That's Emily Blunt and Ryan Gosling, but there could be others for sure. Yeah. Get, you check on that and let me know. Yeah, let me um, let me check, going let me going to the old biopic route because I love a good amount of biopics. Obviously, uh, can't Andrew Garfield in in uh, the Social Network, but I also love Jonah Hill in both Wolf of Wall Street, but most specifically uh, Moneyball. I think he's so awesome in, in Moneyball and has that you know has that like moment where he's explaining baseball and he's like, this guy's the most undervalued player of all time. Cause he throws weird. Love that. Love him yeah. so much in that. Ryan, uh, Ryan Gosling, Emily Blunt, Winston Duke, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Hannah Waddingham, Cam and, okay. and Stephanie Sue. I, I remember Hannah Waddingham in the trailer now that yeah, you bring just, it up, but I, I don't remember Stephanie Sue. I'll have to check that out. There's a trailer? Uh, I think, yeah, there's a trailer out for the fall guy already. Yeah. I didn't know. Um, I want to give a shout out to Saoirse Ronan in the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think she's awesome in that. Good shout. Um, like you mentioned, uh, just because uh, recency bias and just watch it, Walking Phoenix in her is absolutely amazing. Um, go comic book route, Tom Holland in Spider Man Far From Home. <laughs> Not even a meme. He's great in that. I fucking love that movie. Uh, oh, uh, I, I did want to mention this one. Um, Haley Steinfeld in The Edge of Seventeen. 
awesome. So goddamn good. And I With love Woody that. Harrelson in the edge of Woody 17. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I still need to see that movie. Yeah, yeah you got to watch that one. Um, probably my favorite from 2020, The Sound of Metal, Riz Ahmed. Uh, I think shout. he's absolutely amazing. want to give him a shout. There, there's a ton. Um, what's her name from Crazy Rich Asians? Give me a sec. Give me a sec. She was also in Joyride, but I, their name's escaping me. Yeah. Uh, Constance Wu. So mm-hmm. goddamn good in that one. Um, I think Emma Chan's great in that as well. Uh, but yeah, big fan of that movie all around. And then the acting performance in it are, are fantastic. I'm trying to just scroll through my list right now and get some off the top. I like, uh, damn, I keep, I keep forgetting her name. Uh, the mother from How I Met Your Mother in Palm Springs. Nothing. I don't know her name. I, I didn't come Colby. No, not the, that's not the actual mother. Colby Smothers is like the one yeah, everyone Colby wanted Smothers him to is Robin. Um, damn. Sure. Uh, Kristen Milody. Milody. Yeah. She's going to be in, uh, she's going to be in, um, uh, Penguin movie or TV show. Um, uh, but also JK Simmons all around great voice actor in general, but I'm going to throw out Omni man. Cause he's just fucking awesome as Omni man. What about Marmaduke? <laughs> yes, definitely Marmaduke as well. Uh, I'll throw I'll throw out Tenzin from uh from Legend of Korra. Okay. I like I like that poll. I don't I don't think I've watched Legend of Korra since it came out. It's good. Probably have yeah. Um good. and then of of course uh going going the um TV route, gotta give a shout out, best acting performance of all time, Mr. Mr. Ted Lasso, Mr. Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> uh, I love love him dearly. And of course Pedro Pascal in the in the old armor for Mandalorian doing a whole lot of nothing. Uh no. But uh, a lot of got a shout out got a shout out Michael Scott and as Michael Scarn in Threat Level Midnight. <laughs> yeah. Being able to uh, being able to great. commit to knockout villains as a hockey player yes, is just intense. That one's a big one. I, I like that one for sure. Um, but those are those are all the ones that I wanted to mention and then some. Uh we didn't I just like throwing out a little discussion every once in a while and just kind of spouting off random, (laughs) random names that we like. So shout out uh, Connor Connington for, for that, uh, uh, for that um, recommendation. Topic recommendation. Um, And then Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit before we move on. But um, (laughs) yeah, shout out him for that, for that recommendation and topic of discussion. We will see y'all. We have a game, a guess the guess the movie game coming out on Thursday, and I have it all ready on the PowerPoint. I was doing that during the pod, so I hope it wasn't too noticeable. <laughs> but I got ten movies. Um, kind of, kind, I'm kind of proud of how it turned out. It's just PowerPoint, so it's not anything special, but kind of proud how it turned out. Um, and then her is the is the real quick review, which is fantastic. So go watch that if you have not seen it. Um, Shout out to our executive producers. I got uh, Alexander Biscardi, Cody Whitney, Connor Connaughton, which Cam couldn't pronounce, Dakota Buckner, <laughs> yeah. Dean Cotamanidis, Dylan Ship, Ferdinando Four, James Magos, Jimmy O'Connor, Jordan Gag, Josh Hines, Casper Lundberg, Luke Deerhog, M. Bate, Remy Walker, Roka 1.0, Robert Leo Gislason, Sean Morales, Stefan Johnson, Will Kim, and Zach Graves. Also, I cleaned up our merch site a bit, so it's a little uh, more organized and cleaner on there. So go check that out in the description down below. Um, gave it a little bit of a refresh. Um, but yeah, Cam, you can uh, segue us out. Yeah, nothing. Just fantastic. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening and supporting. Um, 
thank you for everyone who's joined the Patreon. Uh, shout out Real Talk merch. Go um, check out realtalkpodcast.com. Buy some merch if you, if you want. It really helps us, and we appreciate all the support. Um, Tyler, George, thank you for being here. Seth, I hope you enjoyed your lovely day with your mother. Um, we'll see you next week on episode 65. Have a nice one. Peace.